Welcome, sports fans, to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank, with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Jim Turner Chevrolet, Marineland Boating Center, Schmalch's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, Time Manufacturing, Wit Building Supplies, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. It is the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. I'm Aaron Sexton filling in for Matt today. Matt is uh, unfortunately at a funeral today. Uh, a longtime friend of Matt's past, Fredo. He uh, Matt jo- does the Doomsday Podcast with ESPN's Ed Werder and former Dallas Cowboy assistant coach Glenn Stretch-Smith. And uh, his friend Fredo produced that podcast. He was also his producer when he was at uh, The Ticket and then at the uh, 103.3 when he was there. And uh, he unfortunately passed last week. So Matt is out today at his friend's funeral and honoring his memory. So we are here today for three hours to talk sports, a busy program and lots to talk about. Obviously the biggest thing, the biggest news with the Astros winning last night, three to two is the Rangers and the Astros in the American league championship series. And we will talk about that coming up in just a second. Coming up on the show today, we will talk Baylor athletics with the sports director from the Waco Tribune Herald, Bryce Cherry. We will talk about, Baylor football struggles. We will talk about Baylor men's and women's basketball, both with very high expectations and preloaded teams going into this upcoming season as they will open the Foster Pavilion right around the time they open conference play. So we'll talk with Bryce about that. That's coming up at 320, All the latest NFL news with the NFL Blitz. We will give you the latest on Travis, uh, Travis Kelsey's Injury situation, looks like he is going to play tonight, but he's still questionable. And last I checked, which was right before the show, there still has not been an official designation on Taylor Swift's boyfriend. But he is expected to play tonight as the Chiefs get ready for Thursday night football on Amazon Prime tonight. Then in the 4 o'clock hour, Ward White's from the press box, weekdays 11 a.m., to noon here on ESPN Central Texas, which he co-hosts with our very own Lark Smith. He will join me for the 4 o'clock hour, and we will continue to talk Rangers-Astros. We will talk with Shehan Jayaraja from CBS Sports about college football. We'll talk about Baylor. We'll talk about the Big 12, the national uh, big games this week. Shehan is the best in the business at covering college football on a national level. You can ask him about any team and he is going to be able to tell you a pretty good amount about them. So we'll talk with him in the four o'clock hour. Then as always in the four o'clock hour at around four forty. campus confidential brought to you by Jim Turner Chevrolet. We appreciate them sponsoring our campus confidential segment. We'll have all the latest college athletics news, mostly college football, but there is some college basketball news and some, Baylor basketball news as the Big 12 coaches released their preseason awards today and three Baylor Bears 
from the men's basketball team were named to the preseason awards by the coaches. And we will talk about that in Campus Confidential as well as injuries from around the country. And uh, we'll give you tonight's lineup of not great games, but we'll still let you know what is on opposite of Thursday Night Football tonight on Amazon Prime and the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. All right. So that is the four o'clock hour, five o'clock hour. We will do the best of Matt Mosley. We will continue talking Rangers and Astros. That's going to be a theme today because it's a, uh, a big deal for me, for Matt, for most of our listeners, I think, to have both the Astros and the Rangers in the championship series. I think most of our listeners are fans of one of those two teams. So that will pretty much uh, be the subject of most of the segments, except for when we talk to Bryce and the Blitz and Campus Confidential. Obviously, we will be talking about the Rangers and the Astros. That game starts this Sunday night. The Astros win last night over the Twins 3-2 to to join the Rangers, who are waiting the winner of that series in the American League Championship Series, as I mentioned, that starts Sunday night. Now, if you listen to this show and the John Moore show, you'll know that I, I don't miss many chances to take shots at the Astros. Uh, I make no bones about that. I'm not a fan. I'm a Rangers fan. I don't like the Astros. I think they cheated when they won their first title. I know Astros fans are tired of hearing about that. I saw that on Facebook when a friend of mine posted, bring on the cheaters. And I get that, but everybody that's not an Astros fan is pretty much never going to let that go. So you might as well get used to continuously hearing about it. That said, what the Astros have been able to do is really, really amazing. Seven straight championship series appearance. That's only one behind the record of eight held by the Atlanta Braves. And obviously they won two world titles in that period. One should have an asterisk, but we'll let that go for now. So the Astros have done just an amazing job. They tanked, but it worked because they have been the best team in the major leagues pretty much the entire last decade while the Rangers have struggled and had to rebuild their farm system and rebuild their major league team to get back to the playoffs, which they did this year. And it's been an up and down season, obviously for the Rangers, but it's been a great season. A lot of people may not know this, but I grew up an Astros fan when I was very young up until about age eight or nine, I was an Astros fan. Jose Cruz was my favorite player. He was a lefty like me. I loved his weird batting stance. I tried to copy it, but obviously I couldn't. No one could. Um, And I was an Astros fan growing up till about eight or nine. The biggest reason was that I had a first cousin that played for the Astros. He played for them in 78 and 79, Jimmy Sexton. He was the backup shortstop. Craig Reynolds was a starting shortstop those two years. He was the backup he played for them in 78, 79, played in, for the Oakland A's and Billy Martin in 80, and I believe that was his last year in the majors. Briefly held a pretty cool major league record for most consecutive stolen bases without getting caught in an entire season. So not the most stolen bases and not the most stolen bases in a row without getting caught, but over one season, which I believe at the time was 24. He, had tw- he was 24 out of 24 in 1979 in stolen bases, which was a major league record. And I believe Kevin McReynolds broke that sometime in the 90s while he was playing for the Mets. All that to say, I was a huge Astros fan. 
the year uh, before he got traded to Oakland, he sent our family, my older twin sisters and my older brother and I, a huge box. It looks like the box from a Christmas story that the lamp came in, but it was full of Astro stuff. He gave us four Jimmy Sexton model Major League Baseball bats and tons of other Astro stuff. Uh, one of the best Christmases of my life, not going to lie. And uh, he is a great guy. I had, He knew my mom, obviously, and he was friends with my uncle, but he had never met any of us kids, still thoughtful enough to send us a huge box of Astros stuff for Christmas, and I'll never forget that. So that's my Astros fandom. Once he was traded, I became a Rangers fan, A, because my cousin no longer played for him, and they traded him away. B, they were closer, and C, because after they traded him, my grandfather, who that was obviously his nephew, we, began, we both became Texas Rangers fans. You could get them. He lived in Copper's Cove, and you could get them on, at the time, WBAP was the flagship. You could get them pretty much anywhere in the state and lots of other adjoining states. When the Rangers games were on, they had such a strong signal. So my grandfather and I would listen to the Rangers a lot. We would do other things while the Rangers were on, but we would listen to Eric Nadell's radio call Rangers weren't on TV hardly any back then. Not surprising. They weren't very good. But we would listen to the call of Eric Nadell on the radio on his kitchen table and talk and enjoy Rangers baseball. So started out an Astros fan, changed to a Rangers fan when I was about nine years old and been an Astros fan ever since. So I am super, super excited about this series. I'm super nervous, though. I already talked about how good the Astros have been over the last decade, and this team this year specifically is great. It really is. I think the Rangers have a better overall lineup, but it's close, and the Astros have a great lineup. They have great starting pitching. Again, I think it's close. I think the Rangers would definitely have better starting pitchers if they hadn't lost two Cy Young Award winners to injury, but they may get one of them back for this series. And Max Scherzer, he is supposed to pitch a simulated game today and see how that goes. As soon as we get an update on that, I will let you know. But starting pitching-wise, they match up pretty well. I think there's a slight advantage to Texas, quite frankly, right now, although they're both really, really good. Actually, there's not really an advantage. I think they're really close. I think there's a slight advantage to the Texas lineup, although the Astros obviously have a great lineup themselves. The Astros' clear advantage is in the bullpen. They have in my opinion, the best bullpen in the major leagues. I mean, it's, it's been incredible all year long, including the postseason. We're talking about Presley's been, he struggled last night a little bit with control, but was, still was able to get everyone out, pitched one, uh, pitched, uh, pitched the ninth inning and got the Astros the win and moved them on to the American League Championship Series. Presley, Abreu, uh, both been great. The whole bullpen's been practically unhittable throughout the playoffs. So that's definitely where the Astros have an advantage in the uh, series with the Texas Rangers. And joining me a little bit early now is our very own Ward White from the press box. And we are already talking Rangers and Astros kind of going through the matchup. And uh, basically I think the the Astros – the Rangers have a slight advantage with their lineup. The Astros have a great lineup. The Rangers is just better. 
Starting pitching's a wash, and the Astros obviously have a much better bullpen. Agree or disagree? I agree. I think you're right on on that. I think uh, the thing that is going to be most interesting to watch in this series is going to be how these two managers face off against each other because both of them have a great pedigree. Both of them know how to win World Series. Both of them have done that before. So that could be something to really be fun and keep an eye on with Dusty and Bruce going at it against each other. I, I don't know who has the advantage. I'll be real honest with you. I don't know if it's Dusty Baker. I don't know if it's Bruce Bochy. I, I think they're both so seasoned and so good at what they do. Look, there's no there's no doubt in my mind that Bruce Bochy is the MVP of the Rangers. Mm-hmm. You can say whoever, Seeger, you can say Josh Young, you can say whatever you want to say. He is the reason – this team is where they're at right now. There's no doubt about it in my mind, and I, I think it's going to be just a fun series. I I don't know if there is um, a distinct advantage either way for those two guys, but, boy, is it going to be fun to watch those guys go at it each other because, look, they use analytics like everybody does to some extent, but they're old school. And these two old school guys going at each other and going off the feel of the game and how they are seeing the game unfold in front of them, that's what I want to see. I want to see two guys that are just old school baseball doing old school managing, and I think it's going to be a blast to watch. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the managerial matchup because I, although I've, I've talked about it before, I think with analytics and how how many decisions have been taken out of the hands of managers that – that managers in, in Major League Baseball are overrated now, but I don't think they're overrated in this series with as good as both of these managers are. These are both guys that are going to be in the Hall of Fame as managers, and that doesn't happen hardly ever in Major League Baseball. It's just one more great aspect to what's going to be. I can't, I can't tell you how excited I am about this series. I would go out on a limb, and it's been so long, it's kind of hard to compare, but I think I'm more excited about this series than I was about the last Cowboys Super Bowl. Wow. I, I really think so. I mean, maybe wow. just because it's been 25 years and those memories have faded a lot, but I'm telling you, I just I, – I have trouble thinking I could be more excited about a sporting event than I am about this series. I think it's really, really cool uh, that you have this in-state rivalry going at each other. Now, the thing that concerns me – uh, as a Texas Ranger fan, I make no modes about it. I am a Texas Ranger fan. I did say they wouldn't win 100 games going into this season and and, and made a bold prediction on that. But, they you know, look. They make you look bad. But. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, but seriously, I, I really thought this team was still two years away. Mm-hmm. Maybe a year away if they got the right acquisitions in the offseason this next year that they would be able to get in postseason play. Well, They've not only got into postseason play, they've owned the postseason. They're the best team in postseason baseball right now. There's no doubt about it. The yeah. other, the thing that concerns me, though, is for the last five years, the Astros have owned the Texas Rangers. Yes. It hadn't and been close, and it hasn't been There's no fun. way. There's no analytics. There's no numbers that you can try to dispute that. You can't say any – they have just absolutely owned the Rangers the last five years. Now, can that – can that change in this postseason as red hot as the Rangers are? Absolutely it can. I, and, I, and I there's something about playoffs, and I don't care if it's Major League Baseball, 
NFL, NHL, NBA, high school football, high school basketball, baseball, a team that gets hot at the right time and can continue that streak is a very dangerous team. And I think that's where the Texas Rangers are right now. I think you're right. I hope that continues. I think the key for the – and look, this is going to sound simplistic, but the Rangers can't go deep into these games down even one run, not with not with Houston's bullpen, and expect to win. I'm not saying they can't come back against their bullpen, that, that it's not possible, but with the way Houston's bullpen has pitched all year long, it's pretty unlikely, even with as good – even with as well as, as the Rangers' bats are swinging right now. No, I agree. I think this is a, a situation, especially the first two games, where they have to get a lead early in the ball game, and they certainly have the lineup to be able to do that. There's no doubt about it. But if they can get a lead early in the ball game, and their starting rotation can go deep, that's going to be the key for the Rangers. Their starting rotation is going to have to go deep in the game. I don't care who's on the yes. bump; they're going to have to go deep, and then just say, "Okay, we've got this for you. I just need a couple of innings out of the bullpen." Yep. And if they can get to a couple of innings out of the bullpen, they can be okay. If it gets to be a long relief, then I'm afraid the Rangers are going to be in trouble. Yeah, and uh, there was one one-run game in Baltimore. They obviously did win that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Orioles helped them out with the caught stealing. I right. think that completely changed the game, and I think it completely it changed, changed the, series. the series. Absolutely, uh, because – Leclerc settled down, got out of the inning. If he steals second and you got runner on uh, runner on second with either one out or nobody. One out. Yeah, with one out, completely different situation, more pressure on Leclerc. But Jonah Hine makes one of those plays that if the Rangers win the World Series, they'll be replaying that because it, it was. It turned the series around. Throwing a runner out at second turned that series around is, is – as weird as it sounds coming out of my mouth, it's 100% true. And just a great all-time play by Jonah Heim throwing him out. Absolutely. And that's – look, you have all-stars on this team for some reason. And they're getting healthier. They're getting better. And who knows, game three, Max Serger may be ready. I mean, I that's the rumblings. Will, I think he will pitch game three. But he's do, he's supposed to do a simulated, simulated game today. Today. And I'm, I'm still looking to see if that's happened already – and get reports on as soon as I find that, I will pass it along to our listeners. All right, we will be talking Rangers-Astros the entire show pretty much. But coming up next, we'll talk with Bryce Petty from the Waco Tribune-Herald, the sports editor, about Baylor football, Baylor men's and women's basketball coming up. And I can't remember, and I'm being serious, I is. I think Bryce may be an Astros fan, so we'll obviously he's have He's a huge to, Astros okay. fan. I don't he, know that, why I forgot that, but no, now that you say that. he's a huge Astros fan. We will I, definitely talk some Rangers-Astros with him as well. So, Bryce Sherry from the Waco Trip coming up next. It's the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It's an open date for Coach Dave Aranda and the Bears coming up this Saturday. Then back in action Saturday, October 21st, taking on Big 12 newcomer Cincinnati in the Queen City. Join John, JJ, and Ricky from Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati for all the play-by-play of the Bears and the Bearcats right here on ESPN Central Texas. The right call can make all the difference on and off the field. I'm Mark Stewart with Bird Colton Ford. 
And when it's time for a new car, truck, or SUV, Berg Colgen Ford is the right call. Come check out our award-winning lineup of best-selling models like the Mustang, Explorer, Expedition, F-150, and Super Duty. Berg Colgen Ford proudly supports all Central Texas athletes. Make the right call for your next vehicle at Berg Colgen Ford. Experience better at Berg Colgen Ford. Since 1975, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop has been serving their one-of-a-kind sandwiches, soups, and salads to hungry Central Texans. They start early in the morning baking their homemade artisan bread. The sandwiches are oven-toasted, giving the bread a crunchy crust covering and a soft and dry, airy center. Ask for everyone's favorite, the Schmaltz. Combination of three cheeses, three meats, and all the fixings. They welcome phone-in orders at their Town West or Downtown locations. Waco Born and Bread, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop. Great food and a hometown atmosphere is what customers love about Rocket Cafe. Popular breakfast choices are the Hungry Man Special. Two pancakes, two eggs, bacon, and hash browns. And the Rocket Breakfast Burritos, sausage, bacon, eggs, cheese, and potatoes. And daily lunch specials include free dessert. And check out the Rocket Burger with their one-third pound fresh, never-frozen patties. Rocket Cafe is only open Friday nights for home games, and that night features their famous all-you-can-eat catfish special. A Robinson tradition, Rocket Cafe. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They have financing options to fit any budget. That's any budget. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. My windows, they've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at SyntechSportsFan.com. Everything we do, we do for you. Are you looking for a new set of wheels? First Central Credit Union Auto Financing offers fast, complete coverage. Competitive rates and flexible terms make for a win in financing your next vehicle. A quick online application makes it easy to score the money you need at firstcentralcu.com. Everything we do, we do for you. Membership and loan policy requirements apply. Member NCUA. How many miles across Texas have you and your team walked for Let's Walk Waco? As you are stepping toward a healthier lifestyle and connecting with your community and enjoying the great outdoors, don't forget to log your miles as part of the Walk Across Texas Challenge. Your logged miles will help you and your team earn prizes. If you need more information, visit waco-texas.com forward slash walk Waco. Get up, get moving, and let's walk across Texas together. Remember, every step counts. Dust off your boots, Waco, and come to the one and only Heart of Texas Fair and Rodeo presented by HEB at the Extra Co Event Center. The fair fun begins October 5th through the 15th, and this year's One Hot Rodeo presented by AIP Energy will have some of the bravest cowboys and cowgirls we've ever seen. Professional bull riding, calf roping, barrel racing, mutton-busting buckaroos, and much more. Gear up for the rowdiest rodeo in town. Get your tickets at hotfair.com today. We'll see you there. 
It's almost fall, school has started, pumpkin spice is everywhere, and football is finally back. The temperatures are dropping and you think you have escaped summer's dreaded effects on your foundation. Then, you see it. Where did that crack come from? Wait, this door doesn't latch. Or, why doesn't this window open? Most people don't realize the full effects of summer soil movement until September or October. And the fall season is typically the busiest time of the year for foundation repair. Do you want your home in tip-top shape for the holidays? Do you want the topic at Thanksgiving dinner to be that big crack in your wall? Then you better call the doctor. He'll craft the best solution for you and your home and get you back on the level in no time. Call us today at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. So for doors that are sticking and cracks in your walls, the Foundation Doctor will make a house call. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Matt is out today. Aaron Sexton and Ward White filling in on this Thursday afternoon. And we are pleased to be joined by the sports editor of the Waco Tribune, Harold Bryce Cherry. Bryce, how are you today, bud? Uh-oh, Aaron didn't push the button right, so now we've got Brycey, I think. Yes. Hey, Bryce Cherry from the Waco Tribune Herald. How are you doing today, bud? Good, man. How are y'all? Doing great, doing great. We uh, wanted to have you on on the bye week to talk. Well, we're going to talk about a lot of things, but we'll start with Baylor football. Uh, John Morris and I talked about this earlier in the week. Ward and I were discussing it, too, the other day. And I don't think there was a consensus. I don't even think I've decided yet about this bye week being coming at a good time or a bad time? What says you? Uh, I would say it's never a good feeling when you go into a bye week with a loss. Uh, and certainly the way Baylor lost in a game that essentially was a pick em game by the odds makers. I mean, Tech came in as a one-point favorite. I think that line bounced around during the week. Um, So, I mean, and if you ask me, even today, I think talent-wise, is Texas Tech, you know, 16 points better than than Baylor? I don't think so. I mean, I think, you know, talent-wise, they match up uh, pretty closely, but Baylor just went out and laid an egg. I mean, and you got to give the Red Raiders credit as well. But I thought Baylor's offensive line, um, that's what I wrote about, uh, was probably produced its most woeful performance of the season. You know, you get 17 rushing yards. Uh, you give up six sacks. Um, they just got pushed around. And, and um, I'm sorry, Texas Tech was not a world beater coming into that game. They were 85th in the country in rush defense. And, and Baylor, you know, again, produced 17 yards on the ground. So, uh, no, I don't think the bye week necessarily comes at a good time because um, you want to go into a bye with momentum. Now, t- talking about the offensive line, I, I, I made that point last week. It wasn't – obviously, I think their worst game was against Texas Tech, but they the offensive line has been getting pushed around – Pretty much every game except 
Long Island, and that includes Texas State. Texas State control the line of scrimmage with their defensive line. Yeah, it's uh, it has not been a good season for the Baylor O line. There's there's no question, and I mean, again, I didn't really. I just felt like it was time to call them out a little bit. I called them out by name. I, I said they need to play tougher and stronger. I mean, I, I realize there's technique to football, but to a certain extent, run blocking is just. You know, it, I, I called it a fight in my column. It's a fight. And, you know, are you willing to fight? You know, are you willing to push? Uh, and so Baylor, I think, needs to man up a little bit. And, um, you know, and maybe maybe they're just not good enough. But I asked Aranda that after the game. And, and he, you know, obviously, I mean, what's he going to say? But he feels like they are. Um, so, and, you know, they've got guys that, uh, like the Barrington brothers who've done it at another school, but it's just, it has not been good. And certainly that has, you know, aided the offensive problems for the Bears. Right. So when you look at what they were not able to do offensively, is it starting to concern you that maybe a schematic thing for the Bears? I mean, I think they, you know, certainly in that fourth quarter against UCF, uh, when they just exploded and, I mean, looked like a football team, uh, a good football team. Um, it, you know, obviously we asked them after the game multiple times, multiple guys, you know, what what changed? What, you know, what was the difference? And a lot of it, you know, was uh, belief. You know, we kept believing, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, beyond the journey song, uh, I mean, I think that they talked about, the up-tempo offense. And um, and we asked Dave after that game, you know, um, about it, and he said that you'll see more of that going forward. And honestly, I thought early in the game against Texas Tech, uh, I liked the pace of the offense. But pace doesn't really matter if you don't put it in the end zone. You know, I mean, you still have to finish off drives, and that's been a recurring problem for Baylor, too, is getting down to the red zone and not being being able to punch it in. Do you think this is the offense that gets them back to the Big 12 title game? Oh heck no! I mean, I, you know, <laughs> okay. I, we've written, we've written off the Big 12 title. Game. No, no, I don't mean this year. I mean in general, like this offense that the offense that they run. It, is it? Look, yeah, it, no. I, I mean, it got them there obviously once, and they won it, but is, yeah. And- uh, I, I don't remember who I was talking about with about with this, but uh, maybe it was Eric Kelly at, at Fox 44, and um, and Eric I think made the point that um, he feels like in order for this particular offense to work well, uh, the offensive line has to be exceptional, basically. Um, otherwise, this particular like zone scheme doesn't doesn't work well and um I, I think there's truth to that and so um you know to answer your question I, no i don't think this is the offense that, that gets them back to the big 12 championship game i mean at this point I, I don't think it's any mystery to say that unless there's a drastic turnaround okay for this offense and this team that at the very least I can't imagine that Jeff Grimes will be back next season. I mean, I don't like to to 
call out names and call, you know, call for people's jobs or whatever. But that's a tough sell to your fan base if you're Baylor, you know, bringing bringing Jeff Grimes back. And I know it's not a good look for Dave Aranda either, given how many coordinators they've kind of gone through in his, you know, four years at Baylor. But uh, I just I can't imagine unless they just, like I said, make a drastic improvement on offense. When you look at this defense as well, they've given up some things as well, but is that inducive of the offense just not getting it done, some three and outs, and the defense being completely wore out by the fourth quarter? I think there's, you know, some of that, certainly. There, uh, you know, you hear a lot of coaches talk about complimentary football. Well, the opposite of that is uh, sometimes what you're getting with Baylor, where you know, the offense is going three and out, so the defense is going out there, and like you said, their tongues are hanging out, and, you know, uh, that has led to, you know, the other team, you know, exploiting that. Um, I thought they made Taj Brooks look, you know, like all world. Uh, he had 170 yards, and the the guy is good. Texas Tech's running back is good. It was his fourth straight 100-yard game, but it was also a career high. You know, I mean, you can't be going out and letting guys put up, you know, their best game in the, of their life against you. Um, so it's not just the offense. I mean, the defense, I think, has to man up, too. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I think there, there are problems on defense where um, I think, you know, you're seeing a lack of experience come through. And then I just. I think they don't have right now enough playmakers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, guys that are, you know, just – they need more Caden Jenkinses on their team. I mean, that kid, that freshman, I mean, right now he'd probably be my defensive newcomer of the year in the Big 12. He's been great. But they need more of that. You know, they need guys that will be like their Jalen Petries and their Terrell Bernards and – uh, and they just haven't had a lot of that. And I also don't think they're getting uh, that great of a push up front either, you know, in terms of a pass rush and stuff. Uh, that needs to improve as well. Talking with Bryce Cherry, the sports editor of the Waco Tribune Herald. Let's talk some Baylor men's basketball as uh, they are practicing as we speak. Well, not maybe not right the second, but you know what I mean. Um, talk a little bit about this year's team Bryce with the transfers coming in with who they have returning uh, and I don't want to say this like they didn't focus on defense last year but the defense wasn't very good last year a kind of a, a renewed focus on defense talk a little bit about your expectations for the Baylor men this year yeah I'd say my expectations are pretty high I'm I, I'm excited about uh, Scott Drew's team and um, uh, so I'm voting in the AP men's poll this year uh, taking that you know, position from Johnny and um, I've got them like 16th, I think right now in the preseason poll, which seems about right. And certainly, you know, with a chance to move up if they play well uh, against that, you know, really tough schedule <laughs> that they have, uh, they're going to play some, some great teams in non-conference. Um, but yeah, I agree that I think they, they made a, a concerted effort to try to get some guys, that I think will help them on the defensive end, as well as, you know, some guys that can put the ball in the basket. I mean, Ray J. Dennis, I think is going to be a nice addition at point guard. You know, you, you lose 
LJ Cryer, you lose Adam Flagler, you lose Keontae George, and suddenly, you know, the the thought could be, oh no, the sky is falling, you know. Uh, but they go out, they get Ray J. Dennis. Uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of expectation around Jacoby Walter, the freshman, six five guard. Um, I, you know, was talking to Matt Roberts at one point, Baylor's SID, and was asking, you know, who who played well on the France trip, and he was like, yeah, Jacoby was their MVP. <laughs> and obviously, the Big Twelve coaches uh, are expecting a lot out of him because they named him the preseason Big Twelve Freshman of the Year this, you know, just today. So, um, yeah, I, I I think it's going to be a fun season for Scott Drew's team. Obviously, they'll need some time to coalesce, and and you know. Uh, one of the things that people can't ever forget about, uh, you know, that national championship team of Scott is that they had, you know, they got to play together for a while. You know, they, they, that core group was together for several seasons, which in modern college basketball is pretty unusual. So, you know, the, the nice thing that uh, about this particular group is that they did get, the France trip with so many newcomers, they got the France trip this summer and that gave them a little extra time to bond, to play together, you know, start learning each other's game. And so I think that will be beneficial. Bryce, when you look at with Scott Drew and, and these freshmen that have the high upside on defense, doesn't that fit him better though? Because he is a defensive guy that likes to take things away from other teams and then run the floor when they can. I mean, obviously, you know, just like football, just like baseball, you know, when you want to be tough up the middle, uh, you know, you always, you always want to be good on defense because there's going to be nights where, you know, you're just not shooting the ball well. The ball's just not going in the basket. Uh, anybody who's ever played basketball has experienced that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a- absolutely, because defense travels. I mean, it's a cliche, but. Um, you know, and I think it'll be interesting to see what like everyday John, John Jonathan Chambu Chachua uh, can give Baylor this year. Obviously, he made just an incredible, inspirational comeback last season. Um, but you know, now has had a chance to to rehab and, and you know get stronger. And um, I, to me, you know, back when he was playing, you know, all the time he was he was kind of a unsung hero of that defense you know he was he was a, a tough guy down there and and they could use a little of that Bryce obviously cannot let you go without talking about the American League Championship Series <laughs> you'll be proud of me I've not referred to them as the Trastros once today I've been oh, wow. very fair I've talked about how great a team the Astros have especially the bullpen how good the lineup and the starting pitching is and how this may be the best matchup I've seen in in the in this series in, in years. I know being a Rangers fan has a little bit to do with that, but this is just a great matchup, especially for for people around here in Texas. No doubt. I mean, it's you know super exciting. I think you know uh, I've always thought that around here uh, it's pretty you know well distributed in terms of Ranger fans and Astro fans and. Um, you know, that, that'll be fun, you know, to kind of have a little back and forth. So I wrote a couple of different 
Rangers Astros columns during the season. And the first one was just earlier in the season when, you know, it was clear the Rangers uh, were going to be a lot better than everybody expected. And I said, you know, this has a chance to kind of actually turn into a better rivalry because uh, generally speaking, since they've been together in the, in the American league, one's been up and one's been down. They haven't both been good at the same time. Um, and then uh, I wrote another, I don't want to say a follow-up column, but another column later in the season after the Astros played them the last time and just sort of dominated that series. I mean, I, you know, sorry to bring it up, but it was true. Uh, and I said, look, two things are going to raise this rivalry to the next level. And one of those will be, would be um, meeting in the playoffs, uh, and look, looky here what we've got. <laughs> They're finally playing in the playoffs, not just playing in the playoffs, playing in the ALCS, <laughs> playing for a spot in the World Series. Uh, it's safe to say this is going to be one of the biggest, you know, Lone Star State pro, you know, matchups ever. Um, we've never had one in football. You know, obviously the Cowboys and Oilers, Cowboys and Texans have never uh, met in the Super Bowl, mostly because, you know, Houston's never been there. Um, and obviously we've had some good NBA playoff matchups between like the Rockets and Mavs, Rockets and Spurs, Spurs and Mavs. Uh, but I do think this is, you know, taking it to a whole nother level. The other thing I said in that column that would take it. So I said two things, one meeting in the playoffs two if it's competitive, I mean, you know, and, uh, let me put it this way. I'm not expecting the Astros to just roll over the Rangers. I hope, I hope that happens. <laughs> I, don't expect, I, I don't expect it to happen just because of, you know, how hot Texas is right now. I haven't lost in the playoffs. Uh, good for Texas. I mean, so um, it's going to be fun. Uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, I, the only sort of salty thing I'll say is this. I heard a lot of <laughs> chants about we want Houston at the end of the, uh, ALDS. Well, you got them. <laughs> For the record, even though I'm probably more excited about it, I I, de- I definitely wanted the Blue Jays. <laughs> gotcha, <laughs> Bryce. Thanks so much for for talking with us today. Always great to talk to you. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. You too, Bryce Cherry, sports editor of the Waco Tribune Herald. Appreciate talking to him. Always, always great stuff. We will. Come back and we will get you updated on all the latest headlines from around the NFL. It's the NFL Blitz. It's up next on the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Your leader in high school sports, ESPN Central Texas. This Waco Connolly Coaches Show with Terry Garrick is brought to you by First Central Credit Union. Conley Cadets open district play with a last second win over Gatesville. Coach, tell us how that game went down to the wire. Uh, well, you know, Gatesville played a heck of a game. you got to give them credit. Uh, and they controlled the clock with their offense. You know, they changed their offense up this year, and they're basically most of the night, double tight, triple I, they try to control the clock. And every possession that we had, we had to take advantage of. At the end, Kiefer Sibley made a heck of a play, and so was able to pull that one out. Kobe Black stopped a Gatesville drive with an interception. Talk about his contribution and the defensive effort against the, the Hornets. Uh, that's a big turnover for us. You know, we put us in school. We got to score on that possession. And uh, so that was huge for us. 
uh, kind of changed a little bit of the momentum of the game right there. Um, defensively, you know, uh, we had that – We kids played hard. I mean, their effort was there, and uh, we kind of had that bend but don't break attitude on defense. And uh, at the end of the night, we just – we were fortunate to come out on top. Well, I noticed your outstanding sophomore quarterback, Jamarian Vincent, didn't play against the Hornets. What's his status? Uh, he should be good this next game. Uh, we're off this week, so he's just healing up a little bit. He had a little bit of a sprained ankle, and so we decided to keep him out. Um, but he's he's moving around good today. Well, four and three after seven games, but one and zero in district. You're still on schedule for a shot at the postseason. What do you and your staff need to see from your team down the stretch? Uh, a little bit more consistency. You know, um, it's one of those deals. You know, you play you play good on defense some part of the time, but you got to play four quarters. Same thing offensively, you know, um, and we're getting some kids back uh, from injuries, and so that ought to help us up. ESPN Central Texas. Everything we do, we do for you. Are you looking for a new set of wheels? First Central Credit Union Auto Financing offers fast, complete coverage. Competitive rates and flexible terms make for a win in financing your next vehicle. A quick online application makes it easy to score the money you need at firstcentralcu.com. Everything we do, we do for you. Membership and loan policy requirements apply. Member NCUA. Are you ready to elevate your Waco experience to a whole new level? Look no further than the Baylor Club, where you can indulge in one-of-a-kind luxury and unwind in our exclusive lounge area. Located in the heart of McLean Stadium, this elite club offers a five-star member atmosphere for all your work and play needs. With a master culinary team and outstanding hospitality, we take pampering to a whole new level. For interest in membership or to schedule your next private event, call 254-710-8080. The only dentist in the Bosqueville Independent School District is Saddle Creek Dental. Since 2007, Drs. Dodd Moore and Jacob Moore have helped patients of all ages while providing them with personalized, gentle care they deserve. They offer laser dentistry, cosmetic fillings, single-day crowns, Invisalign clear aligners, and dental implants. Emergency care and conscious sedation is available. Schedule an appointment today. Saddle Creek Dental, 10104 Saddle Creek Drive and at SaddleCreekDental.com. Good luck, Bosqueville Bulldogs. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. What's the most important thing to you when car shopping? Quality vehicle? Outstanding reputation? A dealership you can depend on? Hi, I'm Amy Hunter, and at Jeff Hunter Toyota, you get all three of those. But don't take my word for it. According to Consumer Reports, Toyota has been named one of the most reliable brands in the auto industry. Stop by and let us prove it to you. Shop Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota quality. Waco values. Kubota's most popular tractor continues to reign supreme because it continues to outperform the competition. You can snag a deal on an L2501 and bundle it with the most used attachments for as little as $299 a month. A new Kubota with loader, bucket, and box blade could be delivered today and ready to go this weekend when you purchase from WC Tractor. Think of all the chores you can finish. Payments are now valid through October 31st. Visit WCKubota.com or go to KubotaUSA.com for more info. 
Hey, neighbor, I saw your license plate. Welcome to Texas. Thanks. I'm going to need a bigger mower for this lawn. Seems like everything's bigger here. <laughs> it sure is. And we're saving up for a big pool. Well, then you're going to need a high-yield CD from EECU. They have a 5.5% APY on a nine-month CD. 5.5%? That is big. Yep, we've done our banking with EECU for years, and we opened a CD just last week. It was fast and easy to open online. Just call 800-333-9934 or go to EECU.org slash high-yield and open your CD in under five minutes. Wow. What'd you call them? EECU? <laughs> That's right. They've been helping Texans grow their savings for over 85 years. You can't go wrong with EECU and a 5.5% APY, but hurry, go to EECU.org slash high-yield today because it's a limited-time offer. Thanks for the tip. Hey, uh, you don't know any good fishing spots, do you? Federally insured by NCUA. APY is annual percentage yield. $2,500 minimum deposit required from an external source. Membership requirements apply. For additional terms and conditions, call 800-333-9934. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It's the NFL Blitz on the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. I'm Aaron Sexton along with Ward Whites filling in for Matt Mosley today. And it is time for a look around the NFL at the latest headline from the National Football League. We will start with tonight's game on Amazon Prime. Ward always excited about that <laughs> because it makes it impossible to flip I, I back and forth. I can't watch my baseball and I can't watch my college football if I decide I'm going to watch Amazon Prime. Uh, or I have to leave just that TV on Prime, and then the other two TVs have to go to something else. It's it's just a mess. Yeah, to I, try to because I'm I'm a channel flipper. I've always has been, and I guess I always will be. It makes it difficult, but that's okay. And the other thing is the audio on Prime is terrible. Well, yes, and and I have I've had trouble with it knocking me off the app in game. Mm-hmm. I, I just what, I, two weeks ago I got so frustrated I just went to YouTube and started watching. I just <laughs> it wasn't a great game anyway so I was like yeah we'll do something else. May not be a great game tonight I was either. about to say the Chiefs at home tonight uh, with their great home atmosphere the defending world champions taking on a terrible Denver team so Denver bad on the road you would think this should be an easy blowout for the Chiefs and this these games always end up the opposite of what you think. The real, the ones you think are, well, it hasn't happened much this year, but most of the time, if you think it's going to be a layup for a team, so do they, and they, they'll kind of play down, and there's parity in that NFL, and it'll be a close game, and they'll get beat. I don't think that'll happen tonight. You know, 16, uh, 16 straight wins over the Broncos is what the Chiefs <laughs> are looking for, so and that those, tells you a little bit about it, but this game does not bring a whole lot of flair because of the fact one you got Patrick Mahomes one it's in Kansas City and two the Broncos just absolutely stink right now they They're, cannot get it together their head coach is disarray their quarterback is needs to go sell Starbucks in Seattle I don't know what he needs to <laughs> right. do but uh, it, it, Russell Wilson's time has passed he, he does not look good at all and so I I think this is a blowout like you I think the Chiefs take this and run with it uh and, and I Look, the spread is 10 and a half. I think it's 20, 21 or more. <laughs> I think so, I, too. I think they win by 21, and the over-under is 47. The Chiefs may score that by themselves. I, I think you're right. I think the Broncos have already given up on this year. They know they're bad. They know Russell Wilson can't get them there. I would be shocked if they don't try to trade him at the trade deadline. Even if they don't, I think they'll bench him. and Who would take him? And get in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. I, I, maybe the Jets, just to have somebody besides Zach Wilson. 
but I don't know I that mean, that's you, an upgrade. You got, you got Aaron Rodgers coming back next year. No, that's true. Yes, so, too much money. So yeah, you're you're yeah. way too much money in that deal. I mean, I don't I don't know that there's anybody out there that would take the aging Russell Wilson right now. You may be right. Uh, unless of- unless somebody that's making a run gets a quarterback injured, and that may be a possibility for somebody. A couple of more notes about tonight's game before we move on. Uh, for the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey listed as questionable, but the multiple reports I've seen expected to play tonight he'll with, be there. with a low ankle sprain. Yeah, he'll, I would. He'll, he'll be there. Thursday night football, there's no way he's missing that. Right. Uh, so he will more than likely play, even though he's listed as questionable. Broncos running back Javante Williams is expected to play. He's returning from injury. And safety Justin Simmons is also expected to play for the Broncos, although we just talked about don't think it'll make much of a difference. But the most important thing about tonight's game, I can confirm that Taylor Swift will be at the game. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> so, so let's tune in for the toy- Taylor Swift hour. There you go. My Speaking gosh. of the uh, Broncos, they announced that they plan to move on from pass rusher Frank Clark, whether via trade or releasing the veteran outside linebacker. Sources told ESPN's Field Yates today, Clark agreed to a restructured deal today, giving back $1.68 million guaranteed salary, perhaps in an attempt to make his contract more attractive in the trade market. So we'll see what they end up doing with Frank Clark, but there's going to be suitors for him. He can still play. Yeah, there will be. There will be some people that go after him, but you always hate to see players have to give up money to be able to, to go somewhere else and, and play. That's unfortunate for him, but it's the only way because his contract was too ballooned. And so for him to be able to be a clear-cut answer for somebody or maybe even a backup for somebody, that's probably where he's going to land as a backup for somebody, be a rotational player. You just hate to see him have to take that pay cut to be able to do that. But maybe, just maybe he can go somewhere where he can have some success and then turn that into a parlay for him. I, I agree 100%. And that's... I agree 100% with I don't like people having to give up money. And you see that more in the NFL than any of the other leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, you absolutely which do. Is, is tough, especially at, you know, I. Well, the NFL is more demanding on your body than any other league. Right. And There's they, no doubt about it. And they probably have the strictest salary cap as well, which mm-hmm. probably, probably helps that too. We will end the blitz with some Cowboys injury news. They have placed. Backup tight end Peyton Hendershot on the injured reserve, along with linebacker Leighton Vander Esch. Vander Esch, the uh, IR now, it's four weeks. You can return after that, but he's expected to miss four to six weeks. So they signed Rashawn Evans to the practice squad. He had a great year with Atlanta last year. Mm-hmm. and He's got a couple of national championships, too. Right, and he's had a solid solid NFL career after being drafted in the first round by the Titans. Mm-hmm. But for some reason... He just – he didn't – well, I know why, because uh, linebackers that don't rush the passer aren't in demand in the NFL unless there's injuries, which the Cowboys are going through. I think this is a really good signing for the Cowboys. Great season last year, but because of the lack of demand, he was on the Eagles practice squad until they signed him today to give them some depth at linebacker. I think it's a really good signing. I think it's a good pickup for the Cowboys. You're going to miss Leighton Van Der Esch because he's your quarterback on defense. He makes the calls. So how quickly can that change and get into rhythm a little bit? But the guy can play. I mean, he can go sideline to sideline. He can move 
uh, in some situations for you at linebacker. But who's going to take over and be the leader of that defense now? You've got two leaders standing on the sidelines. Uh, and so now, you know, one thing that we said about the Cowboys coming into the season for this defense, look, they're going to be good, but they've got to avoid injury for them to be an elite defense. They haven't been able to do that so far now. All right, coming up next hour, 420, we will talk with Shehan Jayaraja from CBS Sports. He is one of the preeminent college football experts and writers in the country. He's always great, always knowledgeable. We'll talk to him at 420. But next, we're going to talk more about the American League Championship Series with your Texas Rangers and the Trashros. Mm, See, I hadn't said it yet until then. But now you have. I had to say it once. That's the only time, I promise. We'll keep it civil, but we will talk Rangers and Astros. That's next. It's the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at CentexSportsFan.com. Road trip! Take a road trip to Genco. Skip your car payments for 70 days. Refi your vehicle. Drop your rate. Every closed loan is entered for a chance to change their loan rate to 0%. Rates as low as 5.69% APR for 48 months. Apply online for an additional discount of 0.15% off your loan. Last chance of the year to get your best rate ever. Subject to credit approval, membership eligibility, and loan policies. For more information, go to GencoSCU.org, member NCUA. Genco. The Lorena Athletic Association meets the first Monday of each month and they invite all supporters of the Leopards and Lady Leopards to become members and attend the meetings. Each year, all volunteer Lorena Athletic Association awards college scholarships to deserving Lorena ISD graduating senior student athletes. They also provide needed items each year from the high school and junior high coaches wishes list. The Lorena Athletic Association is seeking volunteers to work concession stands at home sporting events. Call Lorena High School for more information or check them out on Facebook. Go Wildcats! This is Chuck Luco, president of All County Surveying and Temple. THS class of 1978. Greatest of the great. We are proud of our team at ACS. We're celebrating 35 years right here in Temple. We're also proud of the Temple Wildcat football team. Football is way more than just a game. It teaches young people about life. Let's go to state, Cats. Go Wildcats! Save thousands of dollars on a new or used boat at Marineland Boating Center's Fall Clearance Sale. Marineland is now your local dealer for Mercury Motor Power National Bestsellers, Tracker, Sun Tracker, Nitro, and Tahoe. So we're clearing out our previous inventory, and many of our boats are now priced at dealer invoice costs. You won't find these prices anywhere else. Or you can be one of the first to buy a new 2024 model Tracker with a powerful Mercury motor. Only at Marineland Boating Center, I-35 and Loop 340. Marineland Boating Center is an authorized WRNG boat dealer. Monday night, it's your Cowboys and the Los Angeles Chargers live from SoFi Stadium on this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. Morrison's Gifts, Waco's oldest family-owned gift store, has moved. Visit their new expanded location a few feet from their old space. Enjoy a new shopping experience with new product arriving weekly. At Morrison's, you'll find great Texas and American products like John Hart leather goods, Consuela bags and purses, locally sourced gourmet items, and great gift items for babies and kids. Can't decide? They specialize in designing custom gift baskets, local delivering, and shipping anywhere. That's Morrison's Gifts at the corner of Valley Mills and Waco Drive, close to Jason's Deli. 
Royal Pizza in Clifton is sure to whet your appetite. Serving the best pizza around. Check out their world-class bacon cheeseburger pizza or their pepperoni extreme. Twice the cheese, twice the pepperoni. Royal Pizza also serves pasta, specialty calzones, salads, and don't forget the wings. Open Monday through Thursday to 9, Friday and Saturday till 10, Sundays till 7. And on Friday night, home football games are open until midnight. Dine in, call in for pickup, or they will deliver. Royal Pizza located at 602 South Avenue G in Clifton. They do service right at MP Electric. Since 1996, MP Electric has serviced industrial, commercial, and residential accounts in the greater Central Texas area. MP Electric's trained and courteous electricians will solve your electrical problems quickly and professionally. Be one of the thousand satisfied customers in Central Texas. The next time you need an electrician, call Mark, Paul, Lisa, or John at 399-9895 or schedule your service call at mpelectric.net. The only dentist in the Bosqueville Independent School District is Saddle Creek Dental. Since 2007, Drs. Dodd Moore and Jacob Moore have helped patients of all ages while providing them with personalized, gentle care they deserve. They offer laser dentistry, cosmetic fillings, single-day crowns, Invisalign clear aligners, and dental implants. Emergency care and conscious sedation is available. Schedule an appointment today. Saddle Creek Dental, 10104 Saddle Creek Drive and at SaddleCreekDental.com. Good luck, Bosqueville Bulldogs. Attention Baylor alumni near and far. Are you ready to reconnect, reminisce, and make a lasting impact? Look no further than the Baylor Line Foundation, your alumni partner for life. Whether you're a recent graduate or a seasoned alum, Baylor Line Foundation is the place to stay connected with fellow alumni through exciting events, networking opportunities, and exclusive access to Baylor stories. Rekindle old friendships and forge new ones while cheering on our beloved Bears. To find out more, visit thebaylorlinefoundation.com. From the Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It's the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Aaron Sexton, along with Ward White's filling in for Matt Mosley. Matt has the day off today. He will be back in studio tomorrow for a great Friday show as we get you ready for the sports weekend, including the start of the American League Championship Series on Sunday between the Rangers and the Astros Cowboys football on Monday night. Just lots going on this weekend that we'll talk about on tomorrow's show. We were talking Rangers-Astros on today's show. And we will continue to do that for most of today's show. Coming up next hour, you will hear from the voice of the Texas Rangers, Eric Nadell. Matt was able to talk with him, and we will let you hear that conversation as they talk about the Rangers' pretty magical season this year. This uh Everyone expected them to be better, and with the moves that they made to maybe compete for a playoff spot, so for them to already be where they are and in the American League Championship Series against the Astros, I think puts them well ahead of schedule, at least a year ahead of schedule where they thought they'd be. Now, they did spend a lot of money to get there quicker and made a lot of trades, but those trades didn't deplete their farm system. I mean, they they obviously had to trade prospects for players, but they didn't have to give up their top, top prospects, and they didn't have to give up a lot of prospects when they traded for Max Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery 
at the trade deadline and the, and especially the Montgomery trade and only because Scherzer got hurt. But the Scherzer trade too, while uh, before the, his injury, were great trades that helped the Rangers get to the postseason and get to where they are today. And as I was getting ready for today's show, I found a pretty great article that I would uh, recommend to all Rangers fans. And if you're an Astros fan, you can read it, but you'll get mad because it is uh, from WFAA.com. That's Channel 8, the, the uh, ABC affiliate in Dallas. One of their writers has a Texas Rangers, Rangers fan's guide to hating the Houston Astros. Now, first of all, if you're a Rangers fan, I don't think you need a guide, but his is really good. The, the guy that wrote the uh, piece, Paul Livingood, and I'm sure he won't get any nasty emails from Astros fans for his article, but it is really entertaining. It, it, but the best part of it, it is a, a great deep dive into the history of the rivalry, which obviously well, it does date back to the old Court 45s, but that was obviously before they were the Rangers and the Astros. It's not uh, obviously the Yankees and the Red Sox in terms of length, but in terms of how much these teams dislike each other, it's up there with any rivalry in baseball. No doubt. And it may be one of the best in baseball as of late. And I think you can you can correlate it to the Subway Series a little bit mm-hmm. um, between the Mets and the Yankees. Although it's not a World Series, it is a uh, American League Championship Series. But still, having two fan bases that cross over as much as the Astros and the Rangers do really makes this thing fun because I don't think that you're going to look in either ballpark and be overwhelmed by the home field crowd being so much more than the visiting crowd. I I think Ranger fans are going to be able to find a way to get tickets to Minute Maid, and I think Astros fans are going to find a way to get tickets into Globe Life. Absolutely. I think both teams will will have a big home field advantage, but with the way – the fandom in this state works. You're right. There's going to be great Rangers crowds at Men and Made, and, and there's going to be great Astros crowds, all things considered, both ways, mm-hmm. uh, for when the Astros come here So to Globe Life. So great series, and I just I just want it to start. I want it to be Sunday already. I but do I too. like the buildup, too. Yeah, <laughs> it, absolutely. Max Serger did throw a simulated game today at Globe Life Field. Don't have the results of that, but he did throw that today. So, and it, no immediate if, if, bad news. Yeah, if, if you're not hearing news. any, yeah, if you don't hear any bad news right now, it's probably on the positive side of things right now. I know the Rangers want to hold that close to the vest as they can, right? But they have to put out that he is actually trying to do that. You already knew that he was going to throw a simulated game. He has done that already today, but no news coming out uh, as what he had was able to accomplish. But if it's good news for the Rangers, that's huge because that adds a significant arm to this rotation and gives them a little bit of breathing room. So we'll see how that all plays out. I'm sure we'll hear something by tonight. Somebody will slip and it'll get out. But we do have times for the games now. Nice. And Sunday's game will be at 7.15 from Minute Maid Park. That will be on Fox. Uh, Monday's game at 3.37, game two at 3.37 on Fox and FS1. And then Wednesday night's game, after a day off for travel, 
back at Globe Life Field will be a 7-0-3 first pitch between the Rangers and the Astros for Game 3. Game 4 on Thursday, once again from Globe Life on FS1, a 7-0-3 start. And then how about, if necessary, Friday, a 4-0-7 first pitch on Friday afternoon for Game 5, which means you can watch playoff baseball and then just go ahead and drift into your Friday night football here in the state of Texas. So that works out for everybody. Then, if necessary as well, on October 22nd, 7.03 first pitch from Minute Maid. And Game 7, if necessary, 7.03 from Minute Maid as well. So a couple of afternoon games uh, mixed in with some night games for this uh, ALCS. I don't think it should be any other way. Monday should be great because you can watch the Rangers at 3.37 and then turn around and as soon as that game's over, get a bite to eat and get ready for Cowboys Chargers on Monday night. Yeah, I'm usually really, really against day baseball, especially for the championship series. Mm-hmm. But it really works out. It <laughs> does for this wise. one because you got Cowboys falling Rangers and you got high school football falling Rangers on Friday. Absolutely. And those two things are really, really important in Texas, even when the Rangers are in the American League Championship Series and the Astros. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. I, again, we were talking earlier about the matchups in this. I, I think the two teams match up pretty well, Aaron. Uh, and, and my intrigue, again, is is the managerial chess match that's going to go on between Dusty Baker and Bruce Bochy. I, I am so excited to watch these two guys try to outmanage each other because of the fact that I, I know they look at analytics, and I, I know that they have guys – in those dugouts that that go and tell them what's going on. But these two old school guys are going to go by gut feeling more than anything else. And sometimes, for me, that's more fun. And sometimes, you know, I I heard uh, David Justice last night in the postgame show saying a little bit about the same thing, that he loves the fact that these two guys go off gut feelings more than anything else because that's the way baseball's supposed to be. And I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, you know, analytics, I'm a big fan. You know that. But I also, it's only in cases like this where the manager has been around so long and has such a proven track record. You're talking about two Hall of Fame managers. Uh, you just got to trust them. You, you know, obviously you're making decisions along with the analytics department, but I think you got to go with Pochi's gut and, and Baker's gut in situations and, and let them manage. And I have no doubt that's the way it works in those organizations. Oh, I, I agree 100%. And look, I'm not going to be a dinosaur and say that analytics have no place in it. I think they do. Uh, but I also think that there's sometimes when they're outweighed and you can rely on analytics too much and not know – what the game flow is, and you're just saying, oh, I'm going to go by the numbers here and not understand where the game flow is going. And, and I don't care what sport you're talking about. It's the same for every sport. There's a certain flow to a game that you have to be aware of. And if you aren't aware of it, then you're not going to be successful. I don't care what the numbers are because sometimes the numbers don't tell the whole story. They tell a lot of it, and they tell you what the percentages should be, but they don't tell you how – that guy is going to react or what he's doing at the moment. And it's just like the Rangers right now. Did analytics tell us the Rangers are going to be in the ALCS? No. Absolutely not. No. They got hot. Yeah. That's it. 
Yep. They got hot. They got hotter than Baltimore. They got hotter than the Rays, and they haven't lost a game in the playoffs. That has nothing to do with numbers. If you went by analytics, the Rays should have beat them. And Bottom Baltimore, line. Baltimore, and same with Baltimore. Yeah, analytics, Baltimore should have definitely beat them. Yeah. And so it, it, they don't tell the whole story. This team is red hot right now, and that makes a difference. And I think that that helps the Rangers going into this series. Even though the Astros have owned them, I, I'm i not jumping on a bandwagon and, and throwing up my pom-poms or anything. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying there's something about a team that gets hot, and we've seen it before in Major League Baseball where wild card teams come into the wild card and win the World Series just because the same fact that's happening with the Rangers right now, they got hot in the playoffs. And sometimes getting hot and starting to believe, it bleeds over into your starting rotation. It bleeds over into your bullpen where you're not stressed going to your bullpen if your starting rotation can get through six, maybe hopefully seven innings and just rely on them for a couple of innings, anything can happen. And I think that that's what this series is all about. Anything can happen for the Rangers. And I do believe that this lineup for the Rangers is hot right now, and they're dangerous. They are throwing bombs out there. And I think that's another reason to be excited about this series because I think for it may not be the first time all year, but it's definitely – they're both red hot right now. They're mm-hmm. both playing lights out, great baseball. And I don't think at any point during the season when they met, that was true. I think they met, and I'm not using that as an excuse. The Astros dominated, and they dominated because they're a great team. But the Rangers are a great team also, and I don't think that they were playing particularly well, especially the last series. Again, mm-hmm. not to make excuses, but they were in a pretty bad slump. If they lose this one, there's really no excuses because – they are red hot going into this series, coming off two sweeps of two really, really good teams in Tampa Bay and and uh, Baltimore. And the other thing is, you have to remember that last series for the Rangers and the Astros, the Rangers were beat up. They didn't have Heim. They didn't have Young. They, they had several guys that were sitting on the shelf because of injury. And so now you've got everybody back somewhat healthy. They're not 100%, but they're playing lights out and playing as good as you can with injury. And having guys like that that want to be in the lineup, even though they're they're a little bit banged up, it says a lot about this club and says a lot about Bruce Bochy. Absolutely, and it says a lot about Max Scherzer. That guy's a competitor, and I. And, I mean, he I throws never, a simulated game today. There's no reason he should be pitching in the postseason. Right. Absolutely none. He is doing but everything he's a he can. But he's a gamer. Yep. To help this team because that's that's just the kind of player he is, and I, I. I don't want to say I wasn't a fan. I just didn't think about Max Scherzer. I knew he was a great pitcher before he came to Texas, but I'm a huge fan, man. That guy is all about baseball. He's all about winning. He's all about Did you see how much fun he had after first. the game? He's all about, yes. And, like, when he's pitching, he wants to be left alone. When he's not, he's a great teammate. You saw that after they clinched. Man. Mm-hmm. He was having a great time uh, in the locker room celebration. So, man, it's just – I know I keep saying it, but – I am so ready for Sunday, and not because of football for once. I am ready for this game Sunday night. I will be watching that instead of Sunday night football. My usual Sunday schedule, since that's always my day off, is I will get up, watch Red Zone from noon to 6, eat, walk, eat, and then watch the Sunday night game. I will do everything the same except 
I will not be watching the Sunday night football game. I will be watching the Rangers and the Astros. We gotta get you another TV where you can watch both. <laughs> well, I'll have one on my phone. Oh, okay. Sitting sitting yeah, right beside me. But I can't do that. <laughs> no, it's not ideal, but it's it's uh <laughs> No, I just can't. I can't watch anything on my phone. I saw a guy watching a game the other night uh on his phone while we were at the game. And I'm like, What are you what are you doing? How do you do that? No way. Yeah, it's 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 not the most ideal way to watch it, but it does allow me to watch it will allow me to watch the Rangers and then have the Sunday night football on my phone for fantasy purposes, basically. Oh, well, yeah, I get that. Coming up next, we will hear from Shehan J. Araja from CBS Sports, their national college football writer, one of the best in the business. Then at 440, we will have Campus Confidential. It's the Matt Mosley Show. Matt is out. Aaron Sexton and War White filling in today on ESPN Central Texas. This is ESPN Central Texas. It's almost fall, school has started, pumpkin spice is everywhere, and football is finally back. The temperatures are dropping, and you think you have escaped summer's dreaded effects on your foundation. Then, you see it. Where did that crack come from? Wait, this door doesn't latch. Or, why doesn't this window open? Most people don't realize the full effects of summer soil movement until September or October. And the fall season is typically the busiest time of the year for foundation repair. Do you want your home in tip-top shape for the holidays? Do you think a Thanksgiving dinner to be that big crack in your wall? Then you better call the doctor. He'll craft the best solution for you and your home and get you back on the level in no time. Call us today at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. So for doors that are sticking and cracks in your walls, the Foundation Doctor will make a house call. A bank in any town USA treats everyone like, well, anyone. At Central National Bank, we provide Central Texans with a different kind of banking. We believe in people over processes, listening over telling, and helping our customers over helping ourselves. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Save now on award-winning Buick SUVs at Richard Carr. The number one overall-rated mid-size SUV by J.D. Powers, the Buick Envision, is a roomy and reliable SUV with a quiet and luxurious interior. Right now, save $4,000 on a 2023 Buick Envision or save $4,000 on a 2024 three-row Buick Enclave. Plus, qualified buyers get 1.9% financing and no payments until 2024. Call now, get here now, or log on now and drive home in your new Buick today. At Richard Carr, we give you more. When we say at UBO Business Services that we are the premier service provider for Ricoh, Xerox, Conic Minolta, Canon, Kisser, and Lexmark copiers and printers, we are not blowing hot air. One way we quantify our status as the best is an independent company used by millions of organizations called Net Promoter Score. It is the most consistent way to rank brand loyalty and customer service. A score of 70% or better is considered world-class. UBO score is an 86. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. In the market for a quality metal building? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe have helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal building design, panel options, building components, and trim options. Pioneer Steel and Pipe's residential line is energy efficient, offers low maintenance, reduces insurance payments, is impact resistant, and carries up to a 45-year limited warranty. In addition, they can help you find metal building contractors for your project. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan and at PioneerBoys.com. 
You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Family-owned and operated, LV Auto Repair goes the extra mile to make sure the job is done right the first time. LV Auto Repair services all makes and models, and they specialize in air conditioning service, suspension repair, brakes, cooling systems, transmission, and total engine replacement. They will perform a complete diagnosis of your problem so you will know how much the repair will cost before they even turn a wrench. Open six days a week, including Saturday, 8 until 1, LV Auto Repair, 1000 North Loop Drive, Waco, 254-235-3885. How many miles across Texas have you and your team walked for Let's Walk Waco? As you are stepping toward a healthier lifestyle and connecting with your community and enjoying the great outdoors, don't forget to log your miles as part of the Walk Across Texas Challenge. Your logged miles will help you and your team earn prizes. If you need more information, visit waco-texas.com forward slash walk Waco. Get up, get moving, and let's walk across Texas together. Remember, every step counts. Are you ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas' premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfied clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. Rise and dine with the Fiesta Brunch at La Fiesta every Saturday morning. Come enjoy family recipes made from scratch, like huevos rancheros, breakfast enchiladas, chicken and waffles, or on the lighter side, avocado toast. And don't forget to try their Mexican coffee, fresh-squeezed orange juice, or even a peach bellini. It's a Fiesta Brunch, La Fiesta, located off Franklin Avenue in Waco. La Fiesta, where passion is our most important ingredient. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Joining us now from CBS Sports, Shehan J. Aranja. Shehan, how are we today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Thanks for hopping on with us. Certainly do appreciate your time as always. And Shehan, the best thing you've seen in college football this season? Oh, man, it's been a lot. I mean, so I think that certainly... Man, that, that is a big question. So I, I think that <laughs> one of the big best things that I've seen right so far has just been Washington's offense. I mean, Washington has been unbelievable with Michael Penix Jr. under center. They lead the nation in passing yards. He's actually up near 400 yards passing per game. Nobody else is higher than 330. Wow. Uh, like they are doing stuff that uh, that we have not seen in a very long time. And it is it is worth noting just for context. Like, this isn't just an air raid offense. This isn't one where they're throwing the ball 50 times a game. He is just that explosive. So that's certainly up there. I I think that, you know, when I look across the board, too, you know, certainly I think that you have to look at what Florida State's done this year. They, I think, have been very impressive. I think that they're, you know, one of the most improved teams in college football. Uh, And, and yeah, I mean, gosh, there's so much. (laughs) It's such a big question. I feel like I I could sit here for hours and talk about it. (laughs) Also, what is the biggest thing that has truly surprised you, good or bad, for college football so far this season? Well, I think I have to to give a shout-out to the boys in Morgantown because I picked them last place in the Big 12. I said before the season that I felt like I didn't see an opportunity for them to finish higher than maybe like 12th in the conference. And heading into this week, they rank second place in the Big 12, only behind Oklahoma, and are one of only two 
undefeated uh, Big 12 teams left in conference play. So they, I think, you know, the funny part about them is that a lot of the flaws that I thought that they've had uh, have existed. I mean, they are not very good offensively. They haven't been able to pass the ball at all. The receivers have been completely lackluster. But the thing that's been different about this team versus previous West Virginia teams under Neil Brown is they just play tremendous situational football. You know, when they get into the red zone, they convert, they get stopped. Uh, they obviously get teams off the field at a higher level than they did before. And, you know, some of that sort of thing, I, I mean, first of all, you have to credit the coaching, but second of all, you know, usually we kind of see coaches that historically are quite good at that. That's not necessarily what Neil Brown has done to win games before. He's had explosive offenses and he's been very productive, but I think that they've done a great job of stepping into the moment and, and growing as a team. So West Virginia right now, I think, has been definitely one of my biggest surprises in college football this year. When you look at what Dion has done in Colorado and just two wins away from being bowl eligible, do you think they get that? And how big would that be for this program? Yeah, well, well, first of all, I mean, look, if they get to six and six, they, you know, Dion should be coach of the year. Like, this is such a tremendous turnaround, obviously, at Colorado. You kind of saw the pathway to maybe getting three or four, but for them to already be at four, I think is huge. For them to obviously escape that Arizona State win, I think was significant. So, you know, looking at the rest of their schedule, it is not easy. They get Stanford this week. Uh, they play that game on a Friday, and they should win that one. That would get them uh, potentially to five and two. Mm-hmm. But from there, it's number 18, UCLA, number 15, Oregon State, Arizona, who I think that's the game that you probably have to get if, if you're going to make bowl eligibility, but they've been pretty good at Washington State and then at Utah. So, it's a very, very difficult road to this point. Obviously, you know, when you combine that with TCU being ranked to start the year with Oregon and USC, both being top 10 teams, I mean, the PAC 12 has been just as good as advertised uh, this season. So, you know, look, I, I think that certainly they're going to get to five this weekend. I, I feel like they're going to have an opportunity to get to six, maybe poach one of those games, but it's going to be very difficult. Getting from five to six, I think, is going to be the hardest part of the entire Deion Sanders experiment. But if he does get there, I guess he should be coach of the year. When you look at what Deion has been able to do at Colorado and where Matt Rule is at Nebraska, it, it is, is this Nebraska experience with Matt Rule going in the right direction, in your opinion? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, think back to, obviously, the beginning of the Baylor era mm-hmm. for Matt Rule and back to the beginning of the Temple era for Matt Rule. You know, the other part is that, uh, you know, I think that when you look at Matt Rule, they are trying to build their programs in very different ways. You know, obviously we talked about it all offseason, but Deion Sanders has brought in more than 70 scholarship players out of 85 to try to completely rebuild that roster in one year. And when you hit the transfer portal that hard, I mean, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get quick results. And obviously we've been able to see it to a large extent at Colorado. Well, Matt Rule, that's never really been how he's functioned. He's been more of a high school recruiter, obviously. Uh, you know, again, during his time at Baylor, he brought in a 30-man high school class, which he put together in essentially a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Now, they brought in a few more transfers from uh, at Nebraska this year. They brought in 12, I believe, including a couple from SEC schools. But this was not a transfer-built team at Nebraska. It's, I think, a different kind of operation. So, you know, for me, I I don't think that you can try to judge them head-to-head the same way. 
Um, you know, certainly I think that uh, that Nebraska these past couple of weeks has showed some positive signs. Obviously, I think beating Illinois the way that they did last week, that, that feels pretty good. And, uh, you know, Heinrich Harburg at quarterback, I think has been kind of a revelation for them as a tool threat guy. So I don't feel bad at all about where Nebraska is in their rebuild because I think they wanted uh, the whole time to approach it in a different kind of way. Jayhan Jayaraja with us from CES Sports in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And you had a great article on Mark Stoops targeting UGA. And he took a shot, but didn't we all know this was going to happen when the NIL came out and it had no restrictions? It would be the wild, wild west and the rich were going to get richer and 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 everybody else is just going to be trying to play catch up from here on out. Well, it's definitely interesting, right? Because I think that uh, there was a time where this was, uh, you know, because I think that actually even in the article, Kirby Smart responded Mm -hmm. uh, to Mark Stoops and kind of was like, you know, I don't have any issue with what he said. Uh, You know, there's some truth to it even. And obviously he's trying to, uh, you know, Mark Stoops is trying to gain some support for his NIL operation at Kentucky. And so, you know, I think the part that's interesting, right, is that Georgia didn't start recruiting number one classes just when NIL came about. And, and certainly I think there is truth to the idea that, uh, that Georgia might, you know, that, that NIL plays, why they're able to be the level of program that they are and why they're able to compete on that level. But I mean, I'll tell you what, obviously it's not the same coach. Uh, Kentucky basketball might have a little something to say about that. Right. And, and so I do think that, that, you know, for Mark Stoops, and I think Kirby Smart hit it right on the head, this is an appeal from Mark Stoops to Kentucky, to Kentucky's athletic department, to Kentucky's boosters to say, you know, we got to focus on football too. If you're, if you're going to get mad at me for not being as good as Georgia, which obviously is a, you know, nobody is at this point, Mm -hmm. uh, then, you know, you have to give the kind of financial backing to acquire players that programs like Georgia have. So, you know, I, I think that ultimately, you know, we've seen sort of these power battles between Mark Stoops, John Calipari, the Kentucky basketball coach, Mitch Barnhart, the athletic director. And, and for the first time, really, I mean, probably since actually not even since Bear Bryant was there because he left because of it. I mean, the football coach is starting to win a couple of these battles as well. So look, do I expect that Kentucky all of a sudden is going to go in and, and start investing at the level of Georgia to acquire players? No, I don't think so. But I do think that when they look at Georgia across the division, when they look at Louisville, what they, they've done so far, starting 6-0, and I do think that there is real hunger for Kentucky to not just be a consistent bowl program, which they've been under Mark Stoops, and they will make the bowl again this year. They only need one more win. But I think to potentially try and, you know, look, can we get into the conversation? Can we get that 11th playoff spot down the road? And uh, I think that Mark Stoops is trying to set that up right now. Speaking of transfer portal and the NIL, the NCAA recently reduced the number of days that players have to enter the transfer portal. Do you think that's going to have any effect whatsoever? I think that ultimately it won't. Uh, I do think that most players who are going to transfer uh, typically know that within the first couple of days. Some players even uh, sort of go to their coaching staff and have those conversations beforehand. So, you know, so first of all, I think I think it does end up being a good thing where, you know, ultimately uh, for the players and for the staff, they're in a position where they're on the same page in a relatively short time frame. And, you know, one of the reasons that they instituted these transfer windows in the first place was to kind of try and prevent some level of rash decision making of 
you know, somebody having a bad day and either kicking somebody off the team or, or obviously a player leaving the team on their own accord. And so I do think that ultimately, uh, you know, cutting those windows down just a little bit more does make a lot of sense. The vast majority of players who transferred, transferred within, you know, that very short time frame. And so I, I do think it's going to help. I think more than anything, it kind of just does create a level of peace of mind for both players and coaches where ultimately, you know, there is a, uh, an expiration date that you have to, you know, kind of recruit your players back where, where it's kind of a little bit more contained. Cause right now, you know, I, I wrote a story a little bit about this last year. Ultimately, I, I mean, a lot of these coaches are in situations where they are trying to finish up their high school recruiting classes, where they're trying to re-recruit their rosters back to campus. And they're trying to prepare for a bowl game all at the same time in December. And it's a lot, uh, even for these coaches who obviously are paid a lot of money. I mean, it's a lot for a staff to try and organize. And so I do think ultimately it will end up being a positive thing that, uh, that they kind of cut down some of these, uh, conflicting times and and ultimately i think that it's going to be a, a better thing for the sport shayhan jayaraja with us from cbs sports here on espn central texas and after last weekend is jimbo fisher teetering a little bit after that second half that he displayed against alabama well i mean i think i, I think for me it just you know ultimately doesn't change a whole lot about where he's at because i think that you know there, there are bits and ways that he's teetering kind of before that but the question just becomes, you know, does Texas A&M have $70 million to do anything about it? Now, you know, maybe the answer is yes down the road. Uh, maybe the answer is, you know, they feel like things are, are flatlining. But I, I do think that, you know, they kind of are in the middle of, uh, of kind of, I guess, like a detente in some ways where both of them, you know, they, they know that they want a little bit better than what they have, but they know they probably can't do a whole lot better than what they have right this second. So, mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, Texas A&M, this was what I believe their first SEC uh, West loss this year. I, I mean, they're still in a pretty good position despite some of the uh, the issues that they've had, obviously losing Connor Wegman to injury, some major issues on the offensive line. You know, the defense has still been having to do some growing up. So I think that people are starting to still see the vision. I just think that, you know, when you look at Texas A&M, it's turning into probably more of a setup season than uh, than potentially, uh, you know, sort of the season where things come together. And certainly when you talk to people around College Station, they hoped that this could be a real bounce back year where Texas A&M could compete for the SEC West and have an opportunity to, you know, finish ranked in the top 15 or so. But it looks like they're maybe still a year away. But the, the good news is for them, the vast majority of that 2022 recruiting class is starting to come along. You start to see guys like Walter Nolan on the defensive line uh, play at a really high level. So, I don't think that Jimbo Fisher is in a whole lot of danger right this second, but the reality is I think 2024 is going to be the do or die year for him. And if that doesn't happen with a, you know, these, uh, this high powered recruiting class, all being third year players, I do think that Texas A&M might come up with 60 something million dollars and, and try to move on. You mentioned West Virginia a little bit earlier, Shahan. Is that the biggest eye-opener in the Big 12, or is it Baylor's lack of success the biggest eye-opener? Yeah, I mean, I think that in a lot of ways, those two things go hand-in-hand. I mean, I'll even throw, uh, obviously, Baylor has been by far the most disappointing team, but TCU as well. After they lost 27-13 to last week to Iowa State, I mean, it is really hard to understand what exactly has happened at those two programs. Obviously, uh, you know, TCU played uh, for a national championship in 2022. Baylor won the Big 12 just a year before that. 
and, and all of a sudden these programs to not just be not very good, but to largely be uncompetitive against lackluster opponents. I mean, that is something that uh, is just a real shock. And, you know, when you look at Baylor, Baylor was a very difficult team, I think, to try and place in the preseason. I, I believe they were picked sixth in the Big 12, but a lot of that was just, you know, I mean, they're probably not going to be a bad team. They're well-coached. They have a good staff. They, they've recruited relatively well. And this has been, you know, you probably have to say either the worst or second worst team in the Big 12 along with Houston so far this season. So I, I do think that that's been a huge shock. I do think that they have, you know, they're probably on the short list for the most disappointing teams in college football. And, uh, you know, certainly I think that Baylor has some very difficult questions that they need to ask themselves this offseason. Jayhan Jay Araja with us from CBS Sports and lots of teams in the Big 12 with a bye this week. What is the biggest game in the Big 12 to you? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So I think that obviously, you know, when we look at that Thursday game, West Virginia playing against Houston, it's a, it's a game with a lot of storylines. Obviously, mm-hmm. Neil Brown having a great season in his, uh, I believe it's his fifth year this year, and kind of finally getting things turned around. And on the other side is the coach that, uh, that created the opening for Neil Brown to come in and Dana Holgerson at Houston. You know, I, I think that certainly Houston hoped that this season would go just a little bit differently than it's gone so far. And I would make the case that these next two games are the most important games of Dana Holgerson's entire tenure at Houston playing against West Virginia and Neil Brown this upcoming week. And then playing against Texas that next week, if he doesn't show something, I do think that Houston is going to be in a position where they're potentially trying to come up with a, with a way to get out of that contract. So I, I think that, this is potentially one of the most pivotal games. And the other part of it too, is if West Virginia comes in and does lose to to Dana Holgerson, well, like all of a sudden, all of those good feelings and good vibes are suddenly off the table. So that'll be one that I'll be watching real closely. What about Texas Tech hosting Kansas State after the big win at Baylor and Joey McGuire getting some footing in Lubbock? Is this a, is this another game that he can make another big statement? Yeah, I think that, you know, obviously with Texas Tech, you know, it's easy to, I think, kind of group them in with Baylor and with TCU just because of obviously the the disappointment that their early season was. But I do think that between, like you mentioned, this game against Baylor last week and, and also some of the performances they had earlier in the year, even in losses, I mean, Texas Tech looks like the one most poised to be able to jump up and kind of reclaim their place in the Big 12. I, I believe at this point they only have one Big 12 loss to this point. And so ultimately, and it's the undefeated West Virginia, by the way, in the conference. And so I think that, uh, you know, Texas Tech, if they were to come out and beat Kansas State, I think that we can shift our conversation a little bit and say, look, this is potentially a team that's starting to find their footing in the Big 12. Uh, you know, for Kansas State, I mean, for them to lose the way that they did last week against Oklahoma State, uh, that was one of the more shocking results of the season thus far. And I think that for them as well, you know, they need to have a good performance to prove that they belong in the Big 12 conversation uh, after, you know, obviously losing the way that they did with so many turnovers against Oklahoma State and losing on a, what was it, a 62-yard field mm-hmm. goal uh, against Missouri. So, this is, I think, potentially a game that, uh, you know, in, in some ways is a loser leaves sound game. Whoever wins this game uh, can kind of get themselves back into the Big 12 conversation, and the loser is probably out. When you look at the collision course that we are on, is it going to be the Red River rivalry part two for the Big 12 championship? 
I mean, it should be. I mean, that's the reality. Like, it should be. If, if either of the two teams, Texas Oklahoma, messes it up, I think that has to be seen as a total failure. With one, the level that both these teams have played to at this point, obviously, uh, you know, the only loss between these two teams coming at the hands of Oklahoma. Uh, and I think that the other part of it, too, is when you look at the rest of the schedule, I mean, there's really nobody who should scare you a whole lot. Now, you know, Oklahoma, I think, heading into the year, probably had the single easiest schedule in the Big 12 this year. They missed almost all of the Texas schools, although I, I will say at the same time, it probably doesn't look as scary now as it did back then. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they, they kind of miss everybody. And so for me, if they were to lose more than one game, and, and like it's just hard to go through the Big 12 and not lose a game, but if they were to lose more than one game, I think that that would be a real disappointment. And for Texas, their margin of error now is zero. They head into this final stretch where they still have to play Texas Tech. They still have to play CCU. They still have to play Houston. Uh, so, I mean, there are some tricky games left on their schedule, uh, you know, as they kind of head into this final stretch. So, you know, I, I think that if either of them don't make it to the Big 12 title game, if, for example, West Virginia was able to scoot past Texas and make their way in there, I mean, I think that would be considered a total failure. So, it should be a rematch in the Big 12 title game, but a lot of stuff has to go right for that to happen. What kind of swang song would that be for Big 12 as OU and Texas wave goodbye in the championship game? Well, I think that for Texas, I mean, Texas needs to be in this game. Oklahoma, if they made the game, if they won the Big 12, it would be nice. But, I, I mean, you know, for all the talk about Texas and Oklahoma being the sort of torchbearers of the Big 12, it's really just been Oklahoma. I, I mean, Texas has not been a very relevant program uh, throughout almost the entire run of the Big 12. Obviously, they had that stretch under Mac Brown, but still mm -hmm. only two conference championships under Mac Brown during their time in the Big 12 in 05 and 09, whereas Oklahoma has 14 of these things. Uh, I think that you also have to look at, you know, when you look at the, the history of the Big 12, I mean, Texas, again, three total Big 12 championships. That's as many as Baylor. That's as many as Kansas State. I mean, that's only one more than Nebraska had. And Nebraska left the conference back in 2010. <laughs> and so I think if Texas were to make the Big 12, and if they were to win the Big 12, I think that they can leave just feeling a little bit better uh, about how they're leaving this conference, you know, kind of with their head held high, leaving on a high. And then I think also setting themselves up in the, in the SEC as potentially, you know, a content in, in 2024. And now, you know, when I look at the big 12, obviously I think that for the remaining, gosh, I mean, 16 teams at this point, I guess we're talking about, mm -hmm. uh, I think that it would certainly be a disappointment. It, it would certainly be a disappointment uh, for Texas and Oklahoma to kind of come away and be those signature teams as the conference ends. Um, you know, would it matter so much long-term? I don't necessarily know that. I, I think that the Big 12 branding-wise, I, I mean, it's not – I think that they're pretty open about the fact that they are not trying to be the SEC or Big 10 or be better than the SEC or Big 10. They're willing to be their own product. But, you know, again, there's obviously so many historic ties to Texas and Oklahoma in this conference. And I, I think that there would be certainly some hurt feelings if, uh, if Texas and Oklahoma managed to come away on top uh, for obviously this final year of the Big 12. Shehan Jayaranza, CBS Sports, with us here on ESPN Central Texas. And Shehan, your wife says you can only watch one game this weekend. What game is that? Oh, man, I, I think it has to be Washington versus Oregon. I think that this is one of the best West Coast games 
that we've seen in a very, very long time. I mean, I'm trying to think back. Like, I feel like we're talking about back maybe during those, like, great Oregon and Stanford days when, when both of those teams were competing at the top. But I think that this is potentially that kind of game. This might be one of the best games of the entire season. Two Heisman hopeful quarterbacks, Michael Penix Jr., who I mentioned off the top, and Bo Nix, uh, two of the best offenses. They're number one and number two in total offense. They're number two and number three in scoring offense. So this is going to be like, I think, a throwback kind of classic high-powered offense game. And I, I think, first of all, everybody's eyes should be on this game. This should, this should be one of the most watched games of the season. But also, again, I, I think that even if you want to go down all the way to, I think it's a great uniform game, the purple versus the green as mm-hmm. well. It's going to be a great setting, Husky Stadium. I, I mean, I am very, very excited for this game. So if I have to watch one, I think that that's the one that's going to define this weekend. Jayon, who is the Heisman leader right now? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So I think it's still Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has been unbelievable this year, and USC's defense has, has obviously maybe even taken a step back in Alex Grinch's second season, but he's been the difference maker. He is the reason that they're still undefeated. He obviously scored the game-winning uh, two-point conversion this past week. He's been huge every single game. Uh, so I think that he probably is still the leader in the clubhouse. The question is going to be, can USC make it through with only one loss or with zero losses? And that's looking a little tougher, especially with the strength of the Pac-12 this year than it has been in previous years. You know, if we're going to put Caleb Williams aside, I think that Michael Penix Jr. right now has just been playing on another level. He, I believe, actually rose to the leader in Heisman odds this past weekend after another big game. And I, I think that this game against Oregon is going to, to be where we kind of see, is this a real conversation? Is Michael Penix Jr. really the kind of player that can win the Heisman Trophy? If he comes out and has a great game and Washington pulls off a huge home victory, I, I think that he catapults himself right to the top of the list. Shehan Jay Aranja, CBS Sports, with us here on ESPN Central Texas. Shehan, I really appreciate the time very much. Enjoy the weekend of football, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Shehan Jay Aranja from CBS Sports. Coming up next, it's Campus Confidential, brought to you by Jim Turner, Chevrolet, and McGregor. It's up next on the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Your leader in high school sports, ESPN Central Texas. The McGregor Coaches Show with Mike Shields is brought to you by McGregor General Store, Pascal Insurance, and Real Estate. Here with uh, Todd McCauley from the McGregor Bulldogs and Coach, I know it was an emotional night for your team um, against Lorena. The, the kids were wearing patches for Coach Shields. Coach Shields, for those that didn't know, he's, he's stepped away for a little bit. He's undergoing some treatment um, for a recent cancer diagnosis. There's actually a GoFundMe for Coach Shields' family, and I think it really shows the respect that Coach has across the Syntex area. Um, almost $25,000 have been raised, but if you would like to donate to that, um, just Google search Mike Shields GoFundMe, and it was set up by – uh, Coach Jason Parsons, the, the McGregor community's really rallied around that family. Um, the, the game itself, Coach, you know, Lorena wins, but I, I saw Sebastian Torres had a really nice night, 162 yards rushing. I imagine your offensive line did a really good job. What what was working in the running game for, for your football team against the Leopards Friday night? Uh, the kids did, a, kids did a good job of uh, picking up some <clears throat> difficult schemes that, that Lorena runs. I think Sebastian created a lot of yards on his own as well. He just – he doesn't go down and, and he a lot of yards after contact. And uh, he's, like I said, he's quick as a hiccup and he makes some, makes some people miss. And when he gets to the second level, good things can happen. 
you're playing uh, Cameron Yo this week on the road. Um, as your staff is kind of as, as the staff, excuse me, has kind of looked at the film. What are some? We're going to be some of the keys against the Yeoman this week. Uh, it's a typical Cameron team. They they're well versed in their system. They do a good job. A quarterback's got a pretty live arm to make all the throws. They got a, a fast running back, uh, an experienced O line, and they got lots of playmakers. They got three, four kids uh, that that can catch the ball and take it to the house at any time. Uh, Bubba Zacharias also had a nice night. He had a, a 47-yard touchdown pass to Dominic Madrone. Um, how have you? How has the staff kind of seen Bubba grow this season as the year's gone on? I know, kind of his first full year starting feels like he's he's starting to get more comfortable as the year progresses. Uh, yes, sir. I think Bubba's Bubba's got a good maturity to him, and I think he's got a pretty good football IQ. But just seeing things moving at a little bit faster pace than what he saw last year in limited action, I think is is, is helping him. Um, I think he's getting comfortable. He has some familiarity with the receivers now because he's had a year of throwing with them, and I think that's uh, been beneficial, and he's starting to show a little bit of promise in the run game with his legs. ESPN Central Texas. Your modern-day general store is McGregor General Store. They are an official Purina feed dealer, and they have deer protein, deer corn, and deer feeders. McGregor General Store has a large inventory of new fashionable clothing items for men and women. Serapi collection purses, bags, boots, shirts, and jeans from Wrangler, Ariat, and Cinch, and ladies' Ariat boots and roper shoes. Go by and say hello to Courtney, Amy, and the gang at McGregor General Store on Highway 84 in McGregor and at McGregorGeneralStore.com. Pascal Insurance and Real Estate is a full-service, independent insurance agency and real estate company. They write all policies from commercial to auto and home. Pascal Insurance represents multiple companies, including Safeco, Travelers, Allstate, Progressive, Nationwide, and Hoheim Prairie. The real estate experts specialize in residential, commercial, and farm and ranch properties. Stop by and check them out at 401 Madison and McGregor. They have your favorite team's gear at Barefoot Campus Outfitter. New items arrive daily and include Central Texas's largest selection of polos, caps, tees, sweatshirts, and novelty items. Show your Baylor pride with Barefoot Campus Outfitter. 1508 Spate Avenue, Waco, just off I-35. You can shop online at barefootcampusoutfitter.com. Free shipping for orders over $50 because every day is game day. Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at SyntechSportsFan.com. Hey, folks, Jared Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. I'd like to thank everyone that supports JTC and that our family values your business. Our new inventory is growing daily, and our used car inventory is stacking high. So give us the opportunity to earn your business with transparency and zero hidden fees. So give us a call, 254-840-3261 or 24-7 at turnerchevy.com. And remember, folks, we're just a heartbeat away in McGregor. We treat you like family. Find new roads. I'm Joe Kaleo. Business owners deserve financial security, and we're here to help you achieve it. Let's build a relationship and develop a financial plan that can help safeguard your business and nurture your dreams. Kaleo Wealth Management Group is a Central Texas team at UBS Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. For our client relationship summary disclosures, please visit UBS.com slash relationship summary. Campus Confidential is sponsored by Jim Turner Chevrolet. Jim Turner Chevrolet is just a heartbeat away in McGregor, and they will treat you like family. 
It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. And Matt Mosley is out today. Aaron Sexton and Ward White's filling in. And it is time for Campus Confidential, a look at the latest headlines in college athletics. We'll start with college basketball. The Big 12 announced their preseason awards today as voted by the conference head coaches. The preseason player of the year, not a huge surprise. Hunter Dickinson, the Kansas center, the Michigan transfer, 7-2 first-team All-American last year at Michigan. So, again, not a surprise that he's the preseason player of the year. He was a lot to be newcomer of the year, which he was also. But the preseason freshman of the year for the third year in a row is a Baylor Bear. It's Jacoby Walter, the 6'5 freshman guard from McKinney, Texas, for the Bears, is the preseason freshman of the year. Two years ago, um, it was Brown for the Bears. And last year, um, why am I blanking on <laughs> the Baylor guard's name from That's in Seattle now? Yes, and I could, I could have told you <laughs> that too, and I'm just, I'm just blanking on the name. One of those days, but anyway, third year in a row that a Baylor player uh, has been named freshman of the year or excuse me, preseason freshman of the year in the Big 12 this year, Jacoby Walters. Uh, the first team is L.J. Cryer, former Baylor standout, mm-hmm. who is now at Houston. Hunter Dickinson, of course. Dewan Harris, Jr. from Kansas. Emmanuel Miller from TCU. And Max Abmus from Texas. The uh, honorable mention, a couple, uh, three actually, uh, Baylor players, Jalen Bridges, Ray J. Dennis, and also Jacoby Walters. Good lineup. And you look at the Big 12, and again, I think it's going to be the best conference in college basketball, bar none, uh, because of players like, as what you just mentioned and some adding cast support for each team. I, I, I would hate to try to say who is going to step up and win the Big 12 right now. I just I, I think it is that close. It's going to be so competitive. Uh, but I think Baylor has just as good a chance as anybody right now. Hey, Keontae George. And Very I don't good. know why I was blanking on that. I ran every Baylor game last year, but yeah, he had a great season. He was a preseason freshman of the year last year. Before that, the year before was Kendall Brown. And this year, as I mentioned, the uh, freshman of the year preseason is Jacoby Walter. Uh, moving on to football, a couple of games tonight. Either of these pique your interest? Or yes. I think one of them will, at least. <laughs> um, West Virginia on the road to take on Houston. Six o'clock kickoff on Fox Sports One, mm-hmm. and then at six thirty on ESPN, SMU on the road to take on East Carolina for a six thirty kick. I'll have them both on tonight. Uh, I'm really intrigued with the West Virginia and Houston game because one Dana Hogerson makes me intrigued in that being <laughs> so long at West Virginia. The other thing is West Virginia is playing. Great. Heads and shoulders above what I thought they would play coming in. We just heard Shahan mention that, too. I, I'm really surprised at where they're at. They've they've saved his job already. But if Holgerson loses to West Virginia tonight, his job may be in problems. And I think that that's going to happen, and I don't think it's going to be close. Um, I, I can't disagree with you right now. They, I think Houston administ- Houston's administration should know that it's going to take a couple of years to adjust to the Big 12. UCF was the closest, and you see the trouble that they're having. Mm-hmm. They got boat raced by Kansas with a backup quarterback. Still a good Kansas team, even with the backup quarterback, but you know they didn't have their preseason All-American 
It's just going to take some time to get the players they need to get to get into the Absolutely. into the rhythm of the Big Twelve. And being in the Big Twelve will allow them to do that. It will. And the transfer and portal. transfer portal will not hurt. Will not hurt. Right. That, that will, accelerates things immensely. Absolutely, it'll allow those teams to do it really, really quickly. So I, I would expect SMU and East Carolina should yeah. be a good game. I'm. I, I want to see SMU. I I really do at East Carolina. I, I think the Ponies are better at home. But if they can go on the road and take down East Carolina, that'll be a big win for the Ponies. Deion Sanders, not a fan of late kickoff times on the West Coast. Well, too bad, Deion. You're in the Pac-12. <laughs> that's exactly right. You, that's that should have been one. If you don't like, didn't like that, that should have been one of the first things that you that you considered before you took that job because the Pac-12 fills that late window right now mm-hmm. for ESPN. So, yeah, you're going to be in that late window a lot. He said, "Quote: Who makes these eight o'clock games? Dumbest thing ever. Stupidest thing ever invented in life." Who wants to stay up until eight o'clock for a darn game? Well, players and coaches and everybody. Everybody that's Sanders. a college football fan loves the late night opportunity to come home after you've gone to your game and, and turn on the TV and catch one more game before you go to bed. Absolutely. So you know, just Coach Prime complaining on, a little bit, but it, that's going to do absolutely no good. Those late games, not only not going anywhere, there will be more of them. Mm-hmm. Every year we go on, there will be more late games. Well, just like this week started Tuesday night football. We had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, college football. And that will continue through the rest of the college football season. You've been listening to Campus Confidential on the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Coming up next, we'll hear Matt talk with the voice of the Texas Rangers, Eric Nadell. It's the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at CentexSportsFan.com. It's that time of year, and these deals are getting spooky good. This month at Allen Samuels in Waco, during Jeep Adventure Days, you can get 10% off MSRP on all trim levels on all-new Jeep Compasses, Gladiators, Renegades, and on the all-new Grand Cherokees except Laredos. You heard that right, 10% off MSRP. We've got a great selection of inventory to choose from, and we're making big Big deals. Hurry in. These won't last long. Come see what Alan Samuels and Waco can offer you and find the Jeep that fits your lifestyle. Are you just another number to your insurance provider? Look no further than The Flock. Cole, Michael, Derek, and Javen are local independent brokers. And with over 50 trusted companies in their network, they'll find you unbeatable rates for auto, homeowners, life, and even commercial insurance. Why settle for one-size-fits-all insurance? Text QUOTE to 214-838-5236. QUOTE to 214-838-5236. Let the flock take you under their wing. A dynamic team with Goosehead Insurance. Your trusted choice for personalized coverage. Locally owned and operated, Rain Coffee Company is your daily stop for the best in hot and iced drinks. Come and stay a while and enjoy Rain Coffee Company's relaxing atmosphere, plus their espresso bar, teas, lotus energy drinks, and sweet treats. They are open every day, 6.30 a.m. till 6 p.m. The only coffee shop in China Spring. Rain Coffee Company, 10214 China Spring Highway. Royal Pizza in Clifton is sure to whet your appetite. Serving the best pizza around. Check out their world-class bacon cheeseburger pizza or their pepperoni extreme. Twice the cheese, twice the pepperoni. Royal Pizza also serves pasta, specialty calzones, salads, and don't forget the wings. Open Monday through Thursday to 9, Friday and Saturday till 10, Sundays till 7. And on Friday night, home football games are open until midnight. Dine in, call in for pickup, or they will deliver. Royal Pizza located at 602 South Avenue G in Clifton. 
Security Bank of Texas proudly brings together the best of tradition and business partnership. Their dedicated team of professionals takes the time to understand your needs so they can deliver the banking experience you deserve. Whether it's personal banking, business banking, or something in between, they've got you covered. As a bank rooted in tradition, they're proud to serve the communities of Bell, Bosque, Coriel, and McLennan counties. Experience banking as it should be. Stop by today and discover the difference with Security Bank of Texas. FDIC insured and equal housing lender. All Around Maintenance is your complete janitorial and construction cleanup service. Whether you're looking for someone to clean your business or you need quick cleanup after a big construction, All Around Maintenance handles the nitty-gritty. We're Real Central Texans, working with your schedule to satisfy your needs since 1996. We'll leave your office, school, restaurant, industrial facility, house of worship, or apartment complex spotless at an honest rate. Visit us today at allaroundmaintenance.net. That's allaroundmaintenance.net. Let us do the dirty work. ESPN Central Texas is your home of the Texas Rangers. Robinson Athletic Booster Club proudly supports the athletics of Robinson High School, a nonprofit organization comprised solely of volunteers that lend a hand and encourage everyone to participate, whether in concession sales, event planning, finances, or even time. Robinson Athletic Booster Club is able to support the athletic program by purchasing equipment, supplies, and providing scholarships. For more information on how you can help, contact Denise at 254-214-3625. Let's go Rockets! Attention coaches and parents. Just like you prioritize proper nutrition and conditioning for your kids on game day, remember their dental health too. Stonewood Dental is your mouth's defensive coordinator, preventing toothaches and injuries that could bench them for the season. Their winning playbook, biannual checkups for cleanings and proactive oral health strategies. Stonewood Dental has you covered on and off the field. Call Stonewood Dental for a winning smile. Don't compromise. Get the treatment you deserve. Pascal Insurance and Real Estate is a full-service, independent insurance agency and real estate company. They write all policies from commercial to auto and home. Pascal Insurance represents multiple companies, including Safeco, Travelers, Allstate, Progressive, Nationwide, and Hoheim Prairie. The real estate experts specialize in residential, commercial, and farm and ranch properties. Stop by and check them out at 401 Madison and McGregor. Locally owned and operated, Prestige Recycling is your hometown shredding and recycling company. They're a step above, bringing easy, community-friendly recycling to the greater Waco area. Offering commercial business recycling services. They take aluminum tin cans, cardboard, glass, paper, and plastic. They also offer community drop-off bins located out front of their offices for recycling. Prestige also offers safe and secure document destruction services to commercial, business, and residents. Prestige Recycling, located at 5198 South Loop 340 in Robinson. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram. Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Jim Turner Chevrolet, Marineland Boating Center, Schmalch's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, Time Manufacturing, Witt Building Supplies, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. It is the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. I'm Aaron Sexton filling in for Matt today, and the 5 o'clock hour is the best of Matt Mosley. 
We've been talking Rangers Astros in the American League Championship Series all day long, and we will continue that. Matt was able to talk with Eric Nadell, the voice of the Texas Rangers, yesterday after they clinched uh, their spot, punched their ticket to the American League Championship Series. It was before we knew it would be the Astros, which obviously we do now, but great conversation. They talk about the Rangers season. They talk about facing the Astros, everything Rangers-related. Here is that conversation. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And uh, now we talk to Eric Nadell. And uh, Eric, uh, I mean, the excitement right now in the, the crowd last night. I mean, you, you witnessed it even going back to 2010 and what that felt like in this new ballpark, the wall of sound, you're sitting there calling the game and all of that. But uh, what was the, uh, what was that atmosphere like? And did it, did it, did you think from a noise standpoint, from what you could tell, did it far exceed the old ballpark or what, what did it, what did it kind of feel like out there? You know, Mo, what it really felt like to me was the very first playoff game ever played in Arlington, uh, which was game three of the division series in 1996. That's really what it reminded me of in terms of a, a fandom that it was starved for a postseason game and for the first time was getting it in a relatively new stadium. You know, the, the ballpark in Arlington opened in 94, and it was 96 when we got the first playoff game as the Rangers won their division for the first time. And that was the loudest I think I had ever heard a baseball park until the moment when the Rangers clinched the pennant in 2010 mm-hmm. uh, on A-Rod's strikeout against Neftali Feliz. Uh, last night, playing in a park with the roof closed, uh, I think it was even louder. And uh, obviously the roof has a lot to do with that, but the fans certainly did their part. They, uh, they showed up, and they did it in a very audible way. It's it's amazing what the team is doing right now. Do you buy into, you know, getting that those two games out there? They didn't want to have to do that. They fly right past over their home stadium and go out there to Tampa. They take care of business there and then basically kind of wipe out the Orioles after the one close game. Um I mean, it, it's almost kind of like the anger or whatever kind of came out of that Seattle. Uh, it, it just, they, they found something. And, and then the hope is in these playoff series is, okay, can you keep it going? Because we all, we know how quickly these things can change in baseball. But you having kind of observed and watched a lot of these things over the years, what did you, what did you take? What do you think they, that, that did for this? team when they had to play those additional games and didn't get it done like they wanted to against Seattle? I really don't know, Mo. This team has been so unpredictable (laughs) over the last couple of months. I don't know that you can logically say this happened or that happened because there's no explanation for the turn on and the turn off in the hot streaks of this team previously. Uh, You really don't know. Obviously, in hindsight, it was better for the Rangers to get to play those two days rather than sitting around. Um, you look at how some of the teams have struggled who had the buys, three of the four really, with the exception of the Astros, you know, had to have more trouble than they were expected to have. Uh, 
maybe it's better to keep playing. I don't know. In the case of the Rangers, I imagine it probably was just based on the results. You know, the Ranger offense producing the way that it produced earlier in the season, although it took a game. You know, they only scored three runs in the first game. I say only. They were facing the pitcher with the third-best ERA in the league. So scoring three runs against that Orioles staff that night, you know, wasn't anything to be ashamed of. But, you know, I'm well past the point of trying to give explanations for why this team plays well on a given day or on a given week. What do you make of Max Scherzer? Today he was set to throw a simulated-type game, working his arm back in. I mean, I, you certainly would love to have him. You don't know exactly what state he's going to be in if he's able to, to go out there. You'd love to have him. You'd love to have Gray back in there. Where do, where do you sense Scherzer is, and and do you kind of – do you really think this could – could happen. I mean, he certainly seems excited and and that he could be a part of this uh, ALCS. Where do you see this thing headed? Well, I fully expect he'll be on the roster for the ALCS if things go well today. You know, the Rangers don't have to set their roster until Sunday morning, I think. Mm-hmm. And based on how things go today and how he recovers in the next few days, the Rangers can make their decision. A lot is going to have to do with the actual stuff. You know, not just that he's able to throw pain-free, but his stuff looks like it's going to get big league hitters out. You know, and it it pretty much looked like it the last time that uh, he threw to some hitters. So I'd be really surprised if today it's not even better. And if that's the case, um, I would be surprised if he's not the Ranger starter uh, in either game three or game four. Um, John Gray is another case. Uh, Gray... I noticed said yesterday that he's not sure that you know his wrist will be at a point where he could ex- be expected to give the Rangers a lot of pitches, but he could certainly be a guy who could be very helpful as a one or two or three inning reliever, and you know that's something you might look forward to in the ALCS. Even if Gray doesn't come back as a starter, uh, he could come back as a power reliever. This is a guy who throws 96, 97 miles an hour with a wipeout slider. And I could see him being extremely effective as a reliever. So, you know, I would not rule out the possibility of Scherzer being a Game 3 starter and Gray being a reliever during the ALCS. And, you know, Game 4 of the ALCS will be played next Thursday. So, assuming Montgomery is going to pitch the opening game on Sunday, uh, he wouldn't have full rest on Thursday. So the Rangers would need somebody else to start Game 4 and, you know, if Scherzer was able to go in game three, I would imagine game four would be some combination of, you know, Dunning, Evaldi, Bradford, Perez. You know, that four-headed monster, depending on who they're playing and, you know, what the matchups look like against specific hitters for those four pitchers. You mentioned Baylor's own Cody Bradford. Well, wasn't that big Sunday that uh, he settled that game down a little bit when it was, what, 10 to 5? It was around 11 to 5 three and two-thirds innings. I mean, you don't, in a regular season, you don't think much about that with a six-run lead in the playoffs. Everything's amplified, and that really felt like a clutch-type pitching performance knowing Baltimore was trying to climb back in there. Or How impressed were you with what uh, Bradford was able to do in that, in that ball game? I've been totally impressed by the kid all season long. You know, he's been a yo-yo going up and down and up and down and up and down. Gets a start, gets a relief appearance, gets a short relief appearance, gets a long relief appearance, 
and he just continues to perform well. Um, he is so poised and so calm. Um, it's been a really, it's, it's a joy to watch. It's, you know, it's, it's especially a thrill for me because he's one of the guys I've talked to who has said, you know, I grew up listening to you. And, you know, for me to be able to call his games now and see the success that he's having, you know, as a relatively unheralded rookie on this team, you know, it, it's really satisfying. He's been tremendously valuable. All right, and, and Eric Nadell joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESP in Central Texas. Mitch Garver in that three-hole. Isn't that interesting? We just kept saying, okay, is he going to be in there? Okay, Grossman. It, it, it seemed more like in Bochi we trust kind of thing. Uh, he finally gets him in there, and then he just produces immediately with the Grand Slam, then comes home, c- continues to produce, just feels like Bochi punches all the right buttons, which we can't be surprised by, Eric, because he's going for his hopefully fourth World Series. But it, it is kind of amazing how he uh, he seems to just have a feel for these things and and Garver delivered in a huge way in that series. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's the word for it, uh, Mo. He's got a feel for it. You know, it's sometimes it is instinct. Sometimes it is gut. You know, the manager himself, you know, told us when uh, the lineup was announced and Garver had replaced Grossman as the number three hitter for the first time, he was well aware of the fact that Grossman was the guy who hit a home run off Grayson Rodriguez back in May and that he was pulling Grossman from the lineup for Garver. But, you know, Garver's a high-velocity hitter and Grayson Rodriguez a high-velocity pitcher. And even more than that, though, you know, Bochy said, I have to get Garver in there. You know, it's, it's a matter of dealing with human beings as well. This guy was an important part of the team for the whole season. Uh, he really picked the club up when Jonah Heim got hurt. Uh, he did a really good job outing in the 3-4-5 spot in the order. And, you know, he deserved to play. And Boach liked the idea of having the switch hitting Grossman, uh, hitting behind Corey Seager so there wouldn't be two lefties in a row or two righties in a row as he got down to Adolis in the fourth spot. But the time came to give Garver a chance. And, again, Bochy's sense of timing is just something uncanny. It's just a, it's an innate skill that, I guess, has developed more fully over time. Corey Seager, when October hit, but he was, you know, he was unbelievable this season. We remember him with the Dodgers, what he was able to do there, World Series MVP. I mean, to end up with nine walks – in a in a short series, right? The ALDS. I mean, the, just the, this whole postseason, um, his ability to either get the big hit or just get on base. He's got five walks in that one game. I mean, I, I just I just feel like he is just in that lineup. He he's the guy that everything kind of hinges on. And of course, if you decide to walk him, like you probably should do, then Garver's there to try to make you pay, as he did. But Seeger just seems to have just a huge sort of calming effect on the rest of this team in the lineup. It, it's, uh, it, I mean, I, I get we shouldn't be surprised because he's been great with another team. But man, what he's done this year and into the postseason, it's uh, it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, and you know you don't want to put too much of a load on one guy. But remember, the Rangers didn't win their division largely because Corey Seager did not drive in a run on that final road trip. In seven games, he somehow managed to not drive in a run. 
And you know, the Ranger offense didn't produce the way it had been producing. Uh, it was the first time all year Seager went through anything resembling a little slump. And as soon as he came out of it, here come the runs again. You know, not just from Corey, but from everybody else. You know, clearly he is the guy who by himself can, you know, be the catalyst of this team scoring a ton of runs, whether it's driving them in himself or getting the walks and being on base constantly. You know, the nine walks in a three-game series, that, that really is, that's Barry Bonds-type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually elevated his game this year to that level. When you look at 33 home runs, basically in three quarters of a season, and then when you apply the numbers to Globe Life Field, where he's been much better than he's been on the road, it's truly staggering what he's done. Um, he's played here, I think, 145 games now, including the playoff games he played with the Dodgers. He's hit 54 home runs here in 145 games. It's, you know, it's absolutely, uh, you know, superstar-type numbers. Well, it's interesting to hear the Rangers now. Vegas has them favored to win the World Series. I mean, we didn't think that even like a week or a week and a half ago. Uh, do you find yourself wanting now the, the Astros series? Do you not really care either way? Um, and, and what do you think? I mean, if it's the Astros, when last seen, that, that one series, it looked like the season was over. As we remember, they wiped out the Rangers. The games were not competitive. Uh, obviously, this is a much different Rangers team, but that's a, uh, I mean, it's a very formidable ball club. What do you, as you kind of look ahead here, do you find yourself wanting that matchup that everybody's kind of coveting and wanting right now? I honestly don't care. Um, <laughs> I think the fans want it. And if yeah. the fans want it, then I'm all for it. Um, I think the Rangers would have an easier time with Minnesota. Um, I just think the Astros' experience is such a big factor in series like that. And the memory of those three games is still a little too fresh in my mind. Those three games where the Astros scored double figures in each game. Um, but the fans seem to want the Ranger-Astros series. And if that's what they want, then, uh, then let's bring it on. And the intensity will be beyond anything that I think we've ever experienced for a baseball game here. The uh, Rangers-Yankees-ALCS was awfully intense in 2010 when the Rangers were trying to get to the World Series for the first time. But I think a Ranger Astro ALCS is going to outdo that. Well, Eric, it's been a pleasure to get to listen to you call postseason baseball. I know there were moments this year early you were wondering, hey, am I going to get this opportunity again? And, you, boy, you battled, and you're right back in the middle of this thing. So just know how much we love getting to listen to you. Uh, on ESPN Central Texas, as you call these games. Really appreciate you doing this today. Thanks, Mo. I'm, I'm so grateful to be able to do this. You know, I feel so blessed that I'm getting the opportunity. You know, I'm so thankful to my you know, brilliant partners, Matt Hicks and Jared Sandler, for the fantastic job that they do, that they did while I was out, and that they continue to do. It really is a joy to work with those two guys every day. All right, I, I complimented Jared on his uh, three up and three down rain, uh, rain, de- you know, rain delay theater. You know, coming up with things on the fly like that. Okay, so we complimented your your Trojan buddy uh, Jared Sandler for that. For that, you know, he's also responsible for uh, uncovering this whole Creed deal that's going on right now. <laughs> you know, in an interview that he had with Andrew Heaney, um, had it not been for that interview, this whole Creed sing along thing might never have happened. 
Yeah, I, uh, I I know your musical taste. I would think Creed probably didn't play a huge role in that, but uh, it's kind of like you were just talking about. If Rangers fans and if the Rangers players are excited about Creed, I bet you're excited about Creed. I am. I am. It was so cool last night to hear everybody singing, you know, see the <laughs> lyrics up on the giant video board and everybody having fun taking part. I think that's something that's going to grow and it's going to get bigger and more popular each game. Yeah, Chuck Morgan is Nashville roots, probably not known for Creed, but he's embraced it as well. (laughs) All right, great to visit with you. Thank you, Eric. Anytime, Mo. Thanks for having me. You bet. There he goes, Eric Nadell, the legendary voice of the Texas Rangers. And coming up next, Matt will talk with ESPN National College basketball reporter Fran Fraschilla. It's the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Your leader in high school sports, ESPN Central Texas. This Waco High Coaches Show with Lyndon Help is brought to you by Waste Connections. Waco Lions went to Red Oak last Friday to face the state rank Hawks. Coach, I understand turnovers played a big part in the scoring of that game. Obviously scoring for us and for them. Uh, You know, initially that was the score we put on the board was off the turnover from them. And then we had... Uh, a significant amount of turnovers, uh, trying to push the ball downfield and then uh, just not really doing a, a really good job either with the backs or the quarterback at different times on mesh with the running backs and and, and uh, running the football. Red Oak has a passing game that's really hard to slow down, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they got two really good Division One receivers on the outside that are very explosive. That's kind of becoming every week right now. And so – we're, we're, we're used to it, but you've got to exert a lot of uh, schematic attention to those guys as well as, uh, you know, really make sure that you don't give them a lot of space because they're very dangerous. Well, tonight you take on Colleen Shoemaker. How do you match up against the Wolves? Well, I mean, Shoemaker is a, another explosive team, very talented, played Red Oak 17-14, right? I mean, very close football game. Uh, and so the, the positive is they're a very similar football team in in some scheme uh, to Red Oak. So got a little jump start on some of the stuff they're going to try to do and the way they're going to try to do things. Uh, but it, the game plan's got to be very similar. Uh, we've got to be prepared up front, and we've got to be able to uh, maintain, you know, top-down coverage to keep from big plays from happening. And then we've got to be able to pop a few, uh, especially in the run game offensively. ESPN Central Texas. At Waste Connections, they keep Central Texas clean. Waste Connections provides trash pickup and recycling services to Waco area homes and businesses. Remember them when you need residential garbage service, commercial dumpsters, and garbage collection, bulk item pickups, trash compactors, or construction and demolition roll-offs. They would be honored to be your service provider. Waste Connections, 254-840-4060, 1910 South Main Street, McGregor, and at wasteconnections.com. The next time you need to rent or buy heavy equipment, remember West Rentals. At West Rentals, you'll find scissor lift, ditch witch, sky track, storage crates, skid steers, backhoe, power washer, jackhammer, jumping jack, and concrete trowels. Their goal is to meet all your needs from small jobs to large contracts. Locally owned and operated, West Rentals, 226 West Oak Street in West and at westrental.net. 
This is Eric Sakura at Sakura Family Ford with my favorite cousin, Clint Sakura. Thanks, Eric. You've seen us on our TV commercials over the years, but our dads are always doing the talking. Now it's finally our turn to invite you to come see us for your next vehicle. Wait, hold on, Eric. Do you think there's a reason that we only get to talk on the radio? Uh, probably because the grandkids are cuter on TV. <laughs> That's true. Take the Sakura exit in West and come see us at Sakura Family Ford where our, our family, family makes the difference. difference. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. You wouldn't call your doctor, accountant, or mechanic using a 1-800 number, so why your bank? If you have to dial 1-800, you don't know your bank, and your bank doesn't know you. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. And also at cnbwaco.com. Built to do more for less. That's the way we roll. With our new Kubota BX1880 package from WC Tractor. This four-wheel drive tractor is neatly packaged with loader, bucket, and shredder. For as little as $2.99 a month, take care of landscaping, gardening, and general maintenance without breaking the bank. Think of all the jobs you can do with your new Kubota. Payments are now valid through October 31st. Visit WCKubota.com or go to KubotaUSA.com for more info. Back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Fran Fraschilla joining us now. It's not even basketball season. I mean, we usually don't try to bother Fran until it's uh, even in conference. But, Fran, I got word you were in town. Well, the coaches were buzzing. The players were buzzing. And now you're headed out toward Lubbock to go see Grant McCaslin's Red Raiders. At least I assume that is the case. Have you made it to Abilene, Texas yet, where you were planning uh, to, to make a stop? Uh, you know what? If the, if the cracker barrel comes up before the end of the interview, the interview is over. So uh, <laughs> we, we should be okay. I'm timing it perfectly, most. Yes, uh, Waco yesterday, by the way, Austin yesterday morning, Ooh. Houston Houston on Monday, Fort Worth and TCU today, and I will be in Lubbock probably by 9 o'clock tonight after I finish my chicken fried chicken and banana pudding at uh, Cracker Barrel. Do you ever do any Cracker Barrel shopping? You know, they always have that little shopping area. Have you ever purchased <laughs> anything from one of those yes, at a Cracker Barrel? It's, it's impossible you cannot walk into that dining room and not stop and get some milk duds or something of the like. So, yes, I have done some shopping. I have. Can you, get, <laughs> can you give us a lean on Trey Johnson, the coveted Ooh. 2024 player? He's apparently down to – those of us insiders like the two of us yeah. knew that it was down to Baylor in Texas for like what – the last couple of months, all right? Yesterday, everybody's reporting that breathlessly. It's down to Baylor in Texas. Well, we, we knew that, right? But um, do you is it really a 50-50 type proposition? This is a major 2024 player. Some would say yes. he's the best. Some say he's at least top three in that class. Yes. Uh, do you have a feel for it, or do you think it's still really up in the air? 
I, I don't I don't have a good feel. I was 20 feet away from the young man up in Colorado Springs this weekend as they had the uh, USA Basketball Junior National Team Combine, the best uh, 24s, 25s, and 26s. He did not participate. Um, maybe a minor injury that looked serious. But I do not have a – I don't have any inside intel. I didn't even really ask about it, to be honest. Yeah. But he's a tremendous talent. I have seen him play. And obviously he's got some Baylor roots in the family, I believe, right? And they're, the dad. He's a Baylor bad dad, of course. And I have met the young man before. But, no, I don't. But, uh, yeah, 50-50, I think, you know, I would not put anything past Scott Drew coming up with another Jacoby Walter or Keontae George. Let's put it that way. Boy, Keontae's doing some good things, isn't he, already with Utah. And uh, if not for that injury he had last year, probably would have continued putting up great numbers. You seem to come away with a feel after being with that Baylor team that this may be a deeper and better team than last season's team, which was great on offense, not up to speed or up to par on defense. Uh, This was not a very good defensive team at all, especially up to Scott Drew's standards uh, in recent years. What what was your biggest takeaway, other than you think this team uh, perhaps could go deeper than last year's team? Yeah, they've got six guards I like. Uh, They really... I don't. I don't know if it's uh, certainly the, uh, the the national championship team and a couple other Baylor teams were real juggernauts. I'm not sure if this is a juggernaut just yet, but there's a lot of talent there. I've seen I've seen five Big Twelve teams already, and quite frankly, they're all in the same mix. They're all top twenty teams: uh, Kansas, Baylor, Texas, Texas TCU, and Houston. And uh, I like this Baylor team. They they do have six guards. You know, each of them is a little bit different, has some different strengths. I think the most complete of the group is Jacoby Walter, the freshman. So that should both excite Baylor fans and also they probably have come to a realization that if he's as good as advertised, he's only going to be around one year. But he's very talented. Uh, Miro Little is very poised. He's going to contribute quite a bit as a freshman. Really like him. Certainly uh, the transfer guards. Uh, Nunn is an athlete, and Ray J is a scorer. Uh, D'Antoine Grimes has improved. Uh, I like him. And Langston Love is, uh, you know, built like a linebacker and will play with a lot of toughness. So that's the backcourt. Um, the three up front <laughs> youngsters from the continent of Africa, uh, you know, obviously, Chamo Chachua, uh, Everyday John, and Ojanwuna, and uh, Misi are all really talented. And then you throw Caleb Lohner, who plays with toughness, and Jalen Bridges. It's, it's a deep team. I think Jalen Bridges, most could be a real key for this team because the last time many Baylor fans saw him play, uh, at least one of the last times, was that incredible game in the Big 12 tournament. I think he was seven of eight from three, or maybe eight of nine. I can't remember. But uh, if he plays to a level where he's like consistent from the outside, given his toughness and hustle, I think he's a key factor for this team. There you go, man. Two minutes. I'm out of breath, and I'm giving you the rundown. <laughs> I hope you're not in that Cracker Barrel parking lot just quite yet. You could probably see it <laughs> off in the distance. Uh, uh, the uh, that Eve uh, Missy. 
Boy, he he. Yes. That's fascinating to me. Uh, shot blocker, yeah. rim runner, and he reclassified uh, to to play this year. Uh, you know, and be a freshman. And I, I'm getting vibes that this guy could be one of the top centers in the Big 12. Am I putting too much on him, or does he have that kind of capability? Well, he does have that capability, and you are putting too much on both. Um, I think that we're going to see at times a three-headed monster at the five spot. We will see everyday John playing some four. Um, I do love his potential. You know, I got a little inside information here because my son Matt, uh, who's very close with the Baylor staff, by the way, played at Harvard with Eve's older brother, Steve. So we've known about Eve's for a while. I will tell you, he's got tremendous potential. I think Josh O'Donnell has really improved uh, from what I saw at the end of last year. Keep in mind, Mose, that Big Josh played way more in the first half of the year than anybody expected him because every day John was out. And when John came back somewhat unexpectedly, it, it took the shine away from Josh uh, because he didn't get as many minutes as, as he had early. And John looks good. He's lost weight, as you probably know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just think there's a three-headed monster working there that each of those guys is going to be a major contributor at times this season. All right. Fran Fraschilla joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Uh, John Jacobs, uh, my good friend, said you had yesterday – a three-player illustration, he called it elite. He really liked what you brought with your three-player illustration. Can you share that with my audience? I mean, John was uh, John is a guy, he likes the media. He does not like to be on social media, but I think John likes different people in the media. Thank goodness he likes me. He certainly likes you. But tell me about the three-player illustration. What was that? Sure. Well... You know, I'm, I'm here to educate you, Mose. you know, and yeah. make you a little smarter. Uh, I always say there's three categories of players. Group one, those that know, and very few players fall into that category. You know, maybe the elite in the NBA, the Chris Pauls, the KDs, the LeBrons, people who not only are great players, but they just know. They understand. They understand how to play. They understand what the coach is about. They just know. Group two is those that don't know, and that's the vast majority of players. When you coach in high school or college, you're really doing you're really dealing with group two. And a lot of young NBA players, by the way, are group two. They don't know, which is okay because that's why we coach. Mm-hmm. We coach those guys that don't know, and someday a lot of those guys will get to category one. But the group you cannot coach is group three. Those that don't know, they don't know because they think they know. And when you think you know, you think you know it all, and uh, you're not willing to be coached because you think you know more than the coach. So I don't think Baylor, I check with the staff, nobody on the roster is in group three. Just about everybody's in group two, which means they're very coachable, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of potential for improvement over the course of the season. How'd I do? Is that clear? Uh, I like that. Have you ever met somebody in media that's in Category 3? Okay, don't answer that. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I particularly, 
you know, they seemed to pop up when I was coaching. You know, that, now that I'm a card-carrying member of the media, it happens less. When I was coaching, I thought there were a lot of guys at Group 3. I really did. <laughs> I like that. Now, so if Baylor is to make a sweet 16 run, yep. what what has to happen? Like what – obviously it didn't come together last year. They they, obvi- right. they don't play well usually in the Big 12 tournament. That doesn't seem yeah. to be a huge deal with Scott. But then they get knocked out in, uh, in that, what, second round of the tournament. Right. But if they are to yep. break through – and be like yep. a Gonzaga, who does this every year, right? I mean, to me, yeah. Fran, that's one of the great things about Mark Few. You can you can hold it against him, and he's never won a title. I get that. But the fact yeah. that they always make the Sweet 16 almost trumps. It doesn't quite yes. trump a national title, but it dang near trumps because he yep. does it every single year. And, I, and I'm just yeah. wondering, in your mind, what does Baylor have – what has to happen with this roster – for them to make return to the Sweet 16? Well, I, I do think it helps if the three freshmen, uh, Yves Missy up front, two freshman guards, if they mature over the course of the next four months, that certainly helps Baylor. Um, but overall, I would say chemistry. And I didn't think last year's team, there wasn't a, to my, to my knowledge, there wasn't a young man on that roster that you didn't think had high character. They all seem to be really good young men. But sometimes, most, you know, the pieces just don't fit the way you think they would. And with, with L.J. Cryer, a scorer, with Adam more of a scorer than a point guard, with Keontae uh, George, an outstanding freshman, you know, I thought it just didn't fit. the And, and the defense, which you mentioned earlier, I don't think the fit was the way the fit was with some of those recent teams, especially in the backcourt, especially the national championship team. So, again, nothing against any of those young men. They're good guys, really good guys, great guys. But I just think this team needs to check every ego at the door. Everybody understands they got a, a certain strength, and, and they're going to be all role players, really. You know, great teams have a ton of role players. And I think they've got 11 guys on this roster that have roles. And if everybody accepts their role, I think this is a team that can be a Sweet 16 team and a very dangerous team in the tournament Um, because the talent is there, there's enough experience, and then there's enough terrific young talent in that freshman class. So chemistry is the issue. And, again, not have anything to do with character, but more just how how, how does every piece fit together. All right, and Jacoby Walter, is that is that like legit when you see he could be number three in the draft? Is that, I mean, does that seem a little too high to you, or is that, does that seem not with, is that seem within the realm of a well, possibility? Yeah, I think, I think you got to keep in mind that maybe unlike Keontae, where they just, you know, really had to count on him last year, you know, I, I, Jacoby has tremendous long-term potential. I think he's a better defensive player than Keontae was at the same stage. Um, there's a lot of offensive weapons there. I think Keontae handles the ball a little bit more like a point guard, which we're kind of seeing right now in the early returns in the NBA. Uh-huh. I did see that last year. I did. Um, but I also think that Jacoby, when I look at him, I say, 
I can't wait to see him when he's 24 or 25. Not, not right away. Does he go in the top five? It could happen. But I also see that his long-term future is really, really bright. And maybe not right away, even if he gets drafted high. All right. Uh, Fran, did you get to look over at the Foster Pavilion when you were in town? Did you take a peek over there? I know you're in Austin. You've seen Moody. You've now called games at Moody. Foster yep. Pavilion. Have you put on the hard hat yet and peeked in, or you, do you kind of want it to be all the way finished before you uh, you like to see the finished product? Yeah, I like, I'm a finished product guy. You know, I don't like I don't yeah. like to see how the sausage is made. You know, most. <laughs> I, uh, you know, but I don't. You know, quite, quite frankly, can I be? I'm going to be honest with you, most. Okay, I'm. Yeah. You know, I, I love, don't you love when someone says, "Let me be honest with you." Yeah, yeah. You know, it means that I haven't been honest to this point. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I uh, honestly, I went out the back door of Ferrell to get the shortcut to 35, and I did not go down uni- University. Uh, so I did not see. Yeah, you know where, where the where the building is. I, where, now that you reminded me of, I certainly would have, but I, I scrammed out the back way onto I thirty five. You know, didn't even get to the uh, to the my, to my bakery. What's my bakery? Uh, of course, Acana. Oh, Collins Street Bakery. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't to, I didn't even get to Collins Street. I just got back out on the highway and came up to Fort Worth last night. So yeah, uh, I have not seen Foster Pavilion. I can't wait to see it in January. All right. Have you ever been to the State Fair of Texas, by the way? You know, let me. T- who are you talking to, man? <laughs> uh, can I tell you something? See, yeah. You think I'm some Italian guy from New York? <laughs> my wife, my wife's family, has not missed a State Fair of Texas since mm. since '88, and I'm not talking about 1988. Okay, I'm talking about 1888. <laughs> so you you know the lovely Meg. Rochella, yeah, and she will be at the state fair next week. I will not be able to make it, but yeah. yes, I have, and yes, I do miss my corny dog this year. I'm dreading that. All right, man. Well, we'll uh, we'll get together at Tupanamba. You know, your next run through the Metroplex. Holler at me. Our buddy John okay. will be up there with his wife. Janet will be. She'll be giving us some feedback on some different things, and John will be asking her to to uh, to. <laughs> to to think about not sharing some of those things, but uh, great to visit with you. Uh, good tra- and tell McCaslin, we said, hey, I mean, I'm tired of populating the entire conference with coaches. I mean, we gave uh, Kansas State Tang. Uh, yeah. McCaslin is now at Tech. I mean, are they going to come after Jacobs next? I mean, I my gosh, well, I mean, I would, I wish they would find their own coaches at some point. Well, Jay. Jacobs is Jacobs is ready to be a head coach. Has his Alvin Brooks, and uh, don't forget our guy Paul Mills, who I think will do a great job at Wichita. Who knows where in the Big Twelve he could end up next next uh, time he, you know, has success. So, hey, uh, isn't that cool? You and I have lived through twenty-one incredible years of the Scott Drew, Drew Scott Drew family tree, and uh, pretty pretty. Pretty fun. The only thing about that is I'm 21 years older than when I started at ESPN. Yeah, I'm not sure. You don't really look it, okay? You've you've found the way the uh, you know, to to dial it back there. But uh, uh, hey, listen, be safe travels. Great to visit you. with you. Appreciate all the insight. I'll talk to you soon. You will catch up with me soon, Mose. All the best. You bet. There he goes, Fran Fraschilla, your leader in high school sports. ESPN Central Texas.
The Mejia Coaches Show with Aaron Noel is brought to you by In Commons Bank, Mejia. Coach, coming off a 22-15 loss to Fairfield last Friday night, this was a strange game for your team. You had a plus three in the turnover battle. You had a block punt on special teams. You were able to run the ball really effectively, and yet it was still a, a tough loss for your team last Friday. No, there's no doubt. You go back and, you know, you look at the stat sheet, and if you're just looking at the stats, you're like, oh, okay. And and then you look over at the ultimate stat, the scoreboard, and you're like, oh, how? And, uh, you know, we, we had some costly penalties, uh, one that took a touchdown off the board that, that ties it up, um, and just weren't able to, uh, you know, we, we compounded that with a penalty on the very next snap. So uh, put ourselves in a really, really bad situation uh, late in the game, and ultimately that's what cost us the game. Now you continue district play this Friday against Teague. Talk a little bit about this game. If you can win this, you still are in control of your own destiny playoff-wise. Right. You know, that's uh, you know that's what we, we we told the guys yesterday. Of Hey, we, we still control our own destiny. Uh, so let, make it about us, and let's go take care of us and, and clean up some mistakes from Friday night. And, um, you know, I thought we played with great energy and great effort. Uh, great enthusiasm for for the game Friday, and uh, you know we have that same same uh, mindset this Friday with with Tig at home. I, I think we're in a good spot. Um, you know, on the flip side of that, Tig's kind of in the same boat. They control their own destiny, so uh, I think it's gonna be a really good football game Friday. Now, offensively for Tig, they run a spread, but because of injuries, they've been forced to adjust. Still, been pretty effective. They, they have the quarterback makes them go, no doubt. You know, uh, really, really strong arm, but but he can hurt you with his legs too. And so, you know, as your as your pass rush has got to be sound and, and, and contain and, and keep him in the pocket and, and don't let him get loose and go take free grass. ESPN Central Texas. Every day, In Commons Bank strives to be the best community bank in Central Texas. Each of their six Central Texas locations have a proud history in the communities they serve. In addition, In Commons Bank offers modern day services to their customers, including mobile banking, where you can access your account night or day, insurance services to make sure you are covered, competitive home mortgage loans, and free business checking. At In Commons Bank, you can open your new account online. It's quick and easy. Learn more at InCommonsBank.com. Member FDIC and Equal House. Lender. Safe use boat at Marineland Boating Center's fall clearance sale. Marineland is now your local dealer for Mercury Motor Powered National Best Sellers, Tracker, Sun Tracker, Nitro, and Tahoe. So we're clearing out our previous inventory, and many of our boats are now priced at dealer invoice cost. You won't find these prices anywhere else. Or you can be one of the first to buy a new 2024 model Tracker with a powerful Mercury motor. Only at Marineland Boating Center, I 35 and Loop 340. Marineland Boating Center is an authorized WRNG boat dealer. Hey folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. I'd like to thank everyone that supports JTC and that our family values your business. Our new inventory is growing daily and our used car inventory is stacking high. So give us the opportunity to earn your business with transparency and zero hidden fees. So give us a call, 254-840-3261 or 24-7 at turnerchevy.com. And remember folks, we're just a heartbeat away in McGregor. We treat you like family. Find new roads. Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at SyntechSportsFan.com. Want to celebrate the Bears' big win or watch every road game on big screen TVs? Sound up loud and Bear fans all around. 
The Buckle is where you need to be. With a location just off campus, within walking distance of the stadium, the Buckle is a perfect den for food and beverages. Open two hours before kickoff. And get ready for the Buckle's full restaurant, opening in China Spring real soon. Drop on by the Buckle, the place for bears to be. Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they will also come to you for vehicle pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty at CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville, at cnccollisioncenter.com, and find them on Facebook. Stay close. The Dismount with Matt Mosley is coming up on ESPN Central Texas. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at McAdamsRoofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. It's time now for the Dismount on the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is the Dismount on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. I'm Aaron Sexton. Matt Mosley will be back in studio tomorrow for a Friday edition of the show. Before we get out of here, Quick look around at the sports schedule for tonight. We'll start with the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs are at home at Arrowhead Stadium. They will host the terrible Denver Broncos. That's on Amazon Prime. That is a 7-15 first pitch. Chiefs All-Pro tight end Travis Kelsey expected to play. But more importantly, his girlfriend, Taylor Swift, is expected to be at the game. That's Thursday night football. Tonight, it's the Broncos at the Chiefs. College, that's NFL tonight. College football tonight, one Big 12 matchup, West Virginia on the road, taking on Houston. Six o'clock kickoff on Fox Sports 1. And SMU will travel to East Carolina. And that's a 6.30 kick on ESPN. Finally, game uh, four of the uh, National League Championship Series between the Phillies and the Braves, the Phillies can punch their ticket to the championship series where they win tonight. They're up in that series. Two to one, a 7.05 first pitch for the Braves and the Phillies tonight on TBS. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Bryce Cherry for being on the show. Shehan Araja, Eric Nadell, Fran Fraschilla, everyone who was on the show today. Matt's back in studio tomorrow. Good night, everybody. Everybody, it's time for a check of Big 12 football on today's Modern Media Big 12 Blitz. Coming up, the Big 12 weekend begins tonight, a Thursday night game in Houston, matching West Virginia and the Houston Cougars. 
It's also West Virginia versus Dana Holgerson coming up tonight. Details straight ahead on today's Modern Media Big 12 Blitz. Hey folks, John Morris for the Bruner Auto family. If you're thinking about a Chevrolet, Chrysler, Buick, Dodge, GMC, Jeep, Cadillac, Toyota, or quality pre-owned vehicle, visit BrunerAuto.com. Bruner serves all of Texas.